Oh, look, so-and-so is coming over to quote-unquote chill. Maybe you should eat street dinner. Because why cook when there could be far more important matters afoot? Eat street's got your back. And your sushi rolls, dim sum, and mushu pork. Delivered to your door. So all you need to do is dim the lights, dip the dumplings, and stay focused on whatever it is that you're doing after dinner. Hungry? Happy? Eat street. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. Radio Network. Hey, what's up, you guys? What is going on, everybody? What up, fam? Hey, it's me. What up, ooses? What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Are you looking for a network that brings you all things pro wrestling? Then look no further. Wrestle Addict Radio brings you a varied source of wrestling content. What's going on, guys? This is Willie T. My name is Mr. Pratt. This is your resident smart slayer. Search for Wrestle Ad Radio on all major podcast platforms and be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy of the Kings of the Ring podcast and you are listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening. Come join the war each and every week as we fight to keep wrestling real. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Radio, 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 radio. Good morning, Ooses. It's DFTC, Jeff Pomaccio, the host of Not Your Mama's Soap Opera, and you are listening to the Game Changer podcast exclusively on Wrestle Addicts Radio. Yeah, I know. He's gone, but at the same time, I wanted to play that just one more time because, oh, feelings. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Game Changer podcast, a part of Wrestle Addict Radio. I am Nate the FN Great. You can follow me and complain at me on Twitter at Real FN Game. And I'm being joined here by the Prime Minister, the one and only, everyone's favorite Canadian of all the times, you know, under Bret Hart and, you know, Chelsea Green, somebody like that. He, he's, he's loved. Let's just say that right now. It is indeed Mr. Fretz. I, I'm okay being number. <coughs> Like uh, six million three hundred twelve thousand one hundred fifth favorite Canadian. Yes, it is. <coughs> oh, dear me, I'm sorry. Oh, what a great, great, what, what a great way to start. It is me. It is me. It is Mr. F R E T Z, the Prime Minister of Russell Attic Radio. Your whatever number I just said, fav- favorite Canadian, and uh, yeah, uh, Christmas is less than two weeks away, and I'm done my shopping, suckers. Oh man, I do not, I do envy you because I still have a little bit of shopping that I have to do. I'm actually waiting for the gifts to come for my fabulous nephews who I absolutely love and adore. And honestly, I got a chance to spend time with them this past weekend. It was great. I even got to read my first story to them, which I I will tell you this. My brother literally just said, said when I brought that book home, he just said, you're reading that to them tonight. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. And like almost every 10 minutes, it was like, you're reading to them tonight. You're reading the, to them tonight. I'm like, I know, I know, I'll do it. <laughs> God, get them out of my hands for 10 minutes. <laughs> right. I, 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 dude, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm the, uh, the fun uncle myself. Like this past week, the, the second I got into my, in, at my brother's house, uh, my nephew was like, did you bring your Nintendo Switch, Uncle Jamie? <laughs> yep. So like, boom, into the other room we went to, uh, play Pokemon Sword and Shield, which I've beaten now, by the way. Oh, nice. Great game. And now I've been 
giving him all of my uber-level Pokemon uh, for him to cheese through the game. Nice. That is what uncles do. Find ways to help the nephews and nieces cheat. I mean, I mean, help them along the way with their Pokemon training. <laughs> wink, wink. There we go. <laughs> so, I mean, that was a major highlight of the weekend. Uh, getting the chance to shop for the family was great. Uh, it was kind of like an early Christmas deal because uh, on, on on this side of the family, uh, we're actually not really doing gifts. We're actually spending more time as a family getting to kind of just bond and stuff like that. So that was more something that was pretty. But another big thing that happened this past weekend, for, for me at least, was getting the chance to go to not one but two wrestling shows back-to-back, which one of my friends actually said, you're doing, like, back-to-back wrestling shows? Dude, you're hardcore, man. It's like, I know. I'm a hardcore wrestling fanatic. What can you say? Um, the first one that was on Friday was the ACW 6th anniversary show that I got to do commentary for the entire show. And in all honesty, guys, I think it went by very well. I thought there were a couple moments where maybe there was, like, an awkward pause or something like that, or there was a point maybe where I just slipped a line. But from what I've been told, I did a fantastic job, uh, the commissioner was looking forward to listening to it. Kalucci, uh, one of the guys' owners, he's looking forward to listening to it. Swoggle said he was looking forward to listening to it. Um, I remember saying to so many people, I said, like, dude, I tried so hard to, like, you know, put you over. And I I think there was, like, one match where I literally said, you know, I, I know I'm supposed to be the professional, but this guy is, like, one of my favorites. I can't say it any more nice things about him if I could, but I'll find a way to do it. <laughs> I basically made it seem like, oh, he's my favorite wrestler. And yes, it's Randy Fitzsimmons, who you've definitely heard on the podcast a couple of times. A couple things that came out of this event were the fact that Seth Gambino became a back-to-back winner of the All-Star Trophy, and he would actually cash in on the ACW Water City champion, Shane Hill, who won it from Adam Grace. So it was a big night for him. The reason why I bring up Seth Gambino quite a bit is because of the fact that I got the chance to interview him this past weekend as well. And it's a great interview where we talk about wrestling, uh, we talk about uh, some of the stuff with ACW. He he actually gets a chance to ask me a couple questions, which is awesome. Uh, We even talk about, you know, battling with depression, some of the the things that, you know, can definitely help people get out of that, you know, uh, that dark place. Because it is a tough battle to win when it comes to depression. But one thing we can definitely take out of it is that you're not in this alone. Definitely, you know, get the help that you need, but also know that, you know, you're human, you have a right to have emotions, and you are not in this battle alone. That is the main thing when it comes to depression. And honestly, I I think we've even talked a couple bits about this, uh, Fretz, about, you know, how strongly we feel about, you know, people who have this battle with depression and how important it is to get help for that, you know, for that battle. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And I have, you know, many friends who have have it, who have who have battled with it, and uh, although I, I don't I don't self diagnose like, but usually this time of year I, I get a little bit down, but it's just because I'm remembering certain you know circumstances and things that have happened this time of year in the past, which you know I've actually mentioned on, on air, and it every every time it comes back, and um, I've I've never sought the help. I mean I I don't want to say I don't think I need it, but you you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. no, I definitely know what you mean. Yeah. Um, another thing that took place at the ACW 6th uh, anniversary show was got to see Rhino versus Logan Lynch, which was a great matchup. 
Uh, Logan Lynch has break, finally broken the curse. For the longest of times, he was battling all these veterans, and he kept losing to them. He finally gets a win over a veteran. So that was something great. And also the uh, the pl- the Players Club regained their tag team titles against Famous Trash, which is also cool because I did make the announcement on uh, on my Facebook fan page that they will actually be my next guest on the podcast to interview. So definitely tune into that one. It's going to be awesome. So first time ever them interviewing a tag team, actually. So that's, that's something I'm looking forward to. Uh, and then we go into... Uh, Blizzard Ball that was cre- that was uh, put on by Great Lakes Championship Wrestling and all of the great you know memories from that. Oh jeez, I can tell you this right now that you know getting the chance to meet up with some of the wrestlers was great, but I got a chance to meet up with a friend that I haven't seen in years, and I was originally supposed to sit in like the second row, but what ended up happening was that I actually ended up sitting next to her because I thought you know as cool as it would be to kind of sit in the second row. Um, it's more fun to enjoy times with friends, and especially when you're going to wrestling. That you, de- it's not as fun going alone, but when you're sharing it with friends, it makes it just that much more fun. So, got that chance, and uh, you know, I mean, see, people have already seen the pictures. Uh, one picture I'm very proud of uh, that I also rubbed into my co-host's face was that I got to meet the one and only AEW star. Mr. Ty Dillinger, a.k.a. Sean Spears. Yes, I am number one. I know. I know. Literally, I saw him, like, straight away across. My eyes lit up, and I'm like, oh, I got to get a picture with him. He's he's out here right now. I got to get this picture with him. And I'll tell you the funny story. I told the same thing to Fred as soon as this happened. I remember coming up to him. I said, you know, hey, thank you so much for coming down. Thank you so much for everything you do. He was a very nice guy, and I've heard... I, th- I think in our one of our chats we had people saying that you know he was a bit of a dick. To me, he was pretty good. He was a pretty decent. He was a pretty good guy. Although, what I'm about to say right now probably might change a lot of people's perspective on that. Um, I did say to him, you know, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is that you know one of my fr- friends is a huge fan, fan of yours, and I kind of want to rub it in. And he was like, oh uh, yeah, that's really cool. Okay. Okay, well, be, you be sure to tell your friend I said, eat shit. <laughs> Literally, I almost must have got laughing. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, man, that's like rubbing salt in the wound, man. Okay. <laughs> so so I, I do apologize for rubbing a little bit of salt in the wound, Fretz, but hey, at least you got noticed by Sean Spears, even though you weren't exactly there. Yeah, in a way. Uh, Spears, what the hell, dude? A... <laughs> <laughs> We're both from Ontario, Canada. Yeah, St. Catharines is quite away from Sable Beach. Uh, I yeah, I know that because I passed through St. Catharines going to Niagara Falls Comic Con, which I've bought my tickets for now. I'm going next year, and nice. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash have been announced. Maybe they actually show up this time because they were supposed to two years ago. Uh, yeah, and also, I've been doing nothing but sing his praises since he was in, you know what, since he was in ECW, since he was um, Gavin something. Wasn't he called Gavin Spears or some oh, weird yeah. no, variant of his name? Like, hey, I like this guy. You're like, oh, he's Canadian then. Okay, he's from Ontario. I'm going to like him anyways. Like as I said before, Bobby Roode, who uh, is going to be spending a bit more time back in Peterborough. Uh, I was born like, right beside that town. Nice, nice. Um, so with GLCW, uh, it, w- it was still a really good show. 
Uh, nothing really too much here, and I think it was kind of hard for me to get into the show as much because I didn't know like some of the storylines that were going on. Uh, there was a, was a great women's matchup that featured uh, Melina going one on one with the uh, GLCW Ladies Champion ODB. Who ODB? I loved getting a chance to see her again, and you know, just talking to her, saying you know, hey, I hate the fact that you know. You know, the whole thing that happened with your truck, that was really sucky. But it definitely seems like she was doing very well. And she just loves coming to the area, just performing for everybody. And she she's really nice. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I also got the chance to meet uh, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt. Uh, Luchasaurus, I believe, for the first time. Marco Stunt for second or third time this year? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. But getting a chance to meet them. I even mentioned the karaoke deal, and he was just like... <sighs> Not exactly one of my better times, but it's like, yeah, because <laughs> I mentioned before, he, he had one of those songs that uh, can be very difficult to sing, but at the same time, he did what he could, and like I said, he got like the third best uh, ovation of that night, so, uh, but I will also mention this, that ACW's 6th anniversary show, they did announce some of the guests that will be uh, at uh, the, this upcoming year's Water City Wrestling Con. And literally, of course, I'm there at the commentary table thinking, like, well, who, who do they got? First thing I hear is just the familiar music of Melina. So it's one of those things where like, okay, you're telling me that I'm going to see Melina again in about a matter of a few months. Okay, I'm totally down for this. I even said that to her. I said, looking forward to, you know, getting the chance to see you again. It's going to be awesome. Great. Um, the next person that they announced to be a part of it was, I'm the Boogeyman. I'm coming to get you. Yes. I I was literally like, yes. I love this. I love this. I just I want to just take a picture with him just so I could send it to Will and say like, hey, bro, it's your favorite wrestler. <laughs> and then I'll get a picture with Kelly Kelly and send it to Agent Cooper. Yes. Yes. It's all coming full circle. 2020 is going to be the year of annoyance for so many people. Um, ne- the next guest that they announced for it was going to be. Mr. Damn himself, Ron Simmons, will be a part of that. Love it. Uh, then they started playing a unique theme song, and I'm just kind of like, what's going on here? And then as soon as somebody told me what, who it was, I'm like, oh, these guys. Uh, the Insane Clown Posse is going to be at uh, Wrestling Con this upcoming year. But then they announced their, you know, their big, you know, the big ticket there, the big breadwinner for the entire deal. It's going to be Hiabuta Reza Ramon. So Scott Hall is going to be at Water City Wrestling Con in uh, Oshkosh come November, uh, April 18th, I believe it is. I'll definitely have to... Uh, I should have wrote that down. But uh, it's happening happening in April. It's going to be on a Saturday. And I'll tell you this right now. First, second, and third rows have already been sold out. So for those that are hoping to get... you know. Maybe fourth row, possibly. Actually, fourth row is almost sold out too. I think it's at like sixty nine point one percent sold out from what one person said it was. So all it's going to be left is general admission. And I just remember thinking to myself, uh, you know, this will be one of those things where I'm just thankful I didn't get a chance to get the front row deal. I mean, it would be a great to you know be a part of that show, but I got some of the best seats in the house for that. So a lot of stuff going on here in Wisconsin come twenty twenty. That uh. That's going to be crazy. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's not over from that. 
But, all right, so let's get into stuff that we're, you know, Fretz and I can both talk about this stuff. So, uh, actually, first off, I didn't even get a chance to mention this, but um, we actually had some releases from WWE earlier this week. We had the releases of Luke Harper, as well as The Ascension, and I'm trying to remember, gosh, who was, who, there was one more in there. I'm trying to remember who was, who was the final one. Sin, Sin Cara, Hunico. Oh, that's right, Hunico, that's right. Uh, yeah, all of them have been granted their releases, and in all honesty, guys, I'm really bummed out about that, because so many people are going to be thinking, oh, they're going to just go straight to AEW or Impact Wrestling. I mean, why not? They're probably going to be utilized a lot better. I mean, Luke Harper, former Intercontinental Champion, definitely one of the most talented big men that you'll see in wrestling today. The Ascension were the tag team of NXT just dominating for so long, they were the longest reigning tag team champions for the longest time, and then they just got squashed just immediately as they got called up. And then seeing Car, all honesty, he had like an up and down kind of deal there. I mean, Hunico definitely took over uh, and made the Sin Car character a lot better after the original Sin Car Mystico left. In all honesty, he had like a couple. Of, he had like a Zack Ryder deal where it was like you know, oh he's gonna get pushed, and then no, and it's like oh he's getting pushed, no. So, best of luck to these guys and their future endeavors. And I'm very, very interested in seeing where they go and what kind of you know is in the future for them. So people are thinking AEW. In all honesty, I could probably see Harper going to AEW, but I'm not gonna hold my breath on it. Because I think that there's so many other places that he could go and be just absolutely great. Honestly, Luke Harper in Japan, that would be great. That would be amazing. Uh, Hunico, he probably could go to AAA and he would still be super over. Um, the Ascension, I think I see them doing a lot of like independent deals and stuff like that. Uh, but I think that they are just like one really good maybe character change away from being one of the best tag teams in the independent scene. Uh, but that's just my opinion on that. But Fritz, I kind of want to know your thoughts on, you know, on these releases that WWE has had. Well, <clears throat> I didn't know the Ascension were still employed by WWE. I thought they got released like two years ago. But it's, it's a bummer. I mean, they were, not only were like, they were like the longest reigning NXT tag champs, they were kind of the grandfathers, the, forefathers of the NXT tag division as it's known today. I mean, if you look at, I was looking at the the first ever takeover from like, what, was it five years ago this month, I think, actually. Yeah, I think you're where, right. Yeah, Sam, Sammy Zayn wrestled uh, Cesaro in a classic. Uh, KO made his debut against, um, oh, he was CJ Parker, but who is he? Juice, Juice against Juice. Oh, okay. Robinson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, now I remember that now. And I also remember. I'm just going through. Wow, this is this is like my short retro review. Um, Mojo Raleigh had a match. I forget who it was against. Maybe it was like Raul Mendoza or something. Oh, we'll get to him. And mm-hmm. uh, was it Neville and somebody? I forget. But ne- I know KO made his debut in that one. Actually, I think that no, I think that KO made a, his debut a little later on. But um, I do remember. I think it, I think the first uh, quote unquote takeover. Well, actually, it was like NXT arrival or something like that. I think the first main event for that was Bo Dallas versus Neville for the NXT title in that ladder match. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Bo Dallas. I think he was one of the 
he was one of the longest reigning NXT champions, which is funny now, but Luke Harper, well, this is a bit of bias because, you know, Luke Harper is my favorite, one of my favorite celebrity Maple Leafs fans, other than Mike Myers. And uh, I think Jim Carrey might be too, but yeah, a whole, a whole bunch of cool ones. Uh, Will Arnett, there's another, there's another cool one for you. Uh, yeah, every 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 other display picture I see with Luke Harper, he, him or him and his kids are either wearing a Leafs jersey or a Penguins jersey, and well. I can't hate the Penguins because Sidney Crosby is a Canadian hero. Uh, Golden Goal, 2010, look it up. Uh, who was it? And then Hunico. Hunico was in the WWE for like 10 years. I mean, if you count his stint in uh, FCW, he had a brief stint as Hunico with uh, Camacho, who I think is one of uh, Haku's kids in Japan. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that they were a thing. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah they they come out on that big stupid bike. <laughs> it's it's like pre it's like it's like the preschool Undertaker bike where they're trying to look badass, but it's like no no just the only thing I was missing was a little bell on there. We just no, I'm pretty sure they actually incorporated a bell because I'm there sure, was a bell. Yep. I, I was just gonna I was gonna go like ching ching bicycle bicycle. Yeah, I, I, I forgot Hudico was still there, but maybe you said he would he'd be going to uh, Mexico. I would personally kind of like to see a feud with Mystico. Ooh, really love that. Honestly, it was one of the better feuds that Mystico had in WWE. It was when they had uh, Hunico doing the uh, Sicara Negro and uh, Sicara Azul. I thought that was actually really good. And then they had that mask versus mask match, which was awesome and it was one of the few times where we saw uh mystical actually hit his uh his his finisher that like tilty whirly armbar deal to perfection it's because he was in the ring with someone he can speak spanish with and understand and not botch well Unlike uh, his feud with Alberto Del Rio, where he dislocated his finger, and then Del Rio's just like f it, and just keeps pumping the crap out of him. I'm gonna miss Luke Harper the most out of all these guys. The Ascension, once they got to the main roster, I stopped. I didn't really care for them on NXT to be honest, but once they got to the main roster and started doing this uh, Rob Conway "I Hate Legends" gimmick, they were de- they were DOA. And not the DOA that were bikers with crushing chains. Mm. No, I definitely do agree with that. Like we said, hopefully there's uh, something good for them in their future endeavors, and I'm looking forward to seeing what their next chapter does. Um, so before we go into our first commercial break, I definitely wanted to bring this up, because this has been kind of a rounding issue for quite a while. Um, the fact that, you know, there's all of these great wrestlers that get overtaken because of who they're in a relationship with. And the one person right now that seems to really be hurting the most, or really, I think, affecting the most, is the one and only Chelsea Green. Uh, She's definitely had some people kind of doing, like, the whole woo-woo-woo chanting, you know, Zach Wewa Ryder deal, stuff like that, during her matches. And there was a point where she actually went on social media, and she basically just said, you know, she basically just said stop. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Okay, so her, she's dating, she's engaged, I'm sorry, 
to Zack Ryder, which is awesome, but it seems like that's the only thing that they are really, um, that, that, that's like the only thing that they're really thinking that, you know, she, she's good at, she's good, like, you know, that's the only reason why she's famous. I literally took her ret- her tweet, retweeted it, and I made this comment. I just said, need I remind you that this is the woman who wrestled in a wedding dress, redefined the term hot mess, did a Canadian destroyer to Pentagon Dark, Pentagon Jr., whoever it may be, and literally killed it in the first uh, all-in show. And I'm literally just like, it's what I'm honestly hoping that she, you know, you know, su- she succeeds. And I really think that she could be a key player in NXT. I know that one of the reasons why she's not been featured on TV as often was because she was out with that, uh, with that, with that wrist injury, and she had to get surgery on it. Uh, but she is back to full health. She has been doing a lot of like dark matches and stuff like that for uh, NXT. And there's even tweets of her saying. Like, I think she's, like, tagging NXT, and she's basically saying, you know, hey, put me in, coach, I'm ready to go, and I'm just like, yeah, put her in! I want I want to see Chelsea Green on my NXT television deal. I mean, I get it, There's, but this is the problem that the Performance Center and the NXT has right now, is that now they're clogged up with so many people that they're not even using. Uh, I mean, so many people that people, you know, love... I mean, when, when I heard that Killshot was getting signed to the Performance Center, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Is he going to be on NXT? I haven't seen him. Heard that Robbie E was going to be a part of the uh, Performance Center. Great. Is he going to be on NXT? Again, haven't seen him. There's like certain people that you really wanted to see, but they're not really being utilized because they think that this person has more charisma or this person has the it factor that they're looking for. When in reality, it's like, well, I still want to see... You know, Shane Strickland, a.k.a. Killshot, on my screen. I still would love to see Robbie E. on my screen, who has honestly gotten more and more entertaining as years gone by. And honestly, probably the only reason why I watched Grimm's Toy Show for a long time was just to see Robbie E. just literally just go crazy and just (laughs) go absolute bananas on everybody that he competed against. It's like, you know what, this is why... This is why, you know, wrestling can be funny. Wrestling can be entertaining. And his whole deal where he was... Freaked out with uh, the first incarnation of Crazy of uh, Steve, Crazy Steve, when he was like a literal clown, where he's just like, "I don't like clowns. Clowns scare me." And, and Steve is just doing like the whole horn at him, and you just see Robbie just hamming it up, just like, "Ah, no, get it away, get it away." It's like it's one of those things where it's like, why is this guy not on TV? He could be like one of those super entertaining guys. In all honesty, I would have figured they would have feuded. It, you know, had he stuck with like that uh, original gimmick that he had, the um, uh, what was it, the, the Jersey Shore gimmick that he had, where he had a uh, where he, where he had that manager Cookie, <laughs> the parody of Snooky. Uh, I was honestly looking at that, and I'm thinking to myself, I would kind of love to see Zack Ryder and Robbie E. Feud in the future, because that would have been kind of awesome. You had the Long Island Ice Z versus the guy, the guy who looks almost exactly like that, and there was even like a Twitter exchange where people were like. Like, oh man, they're ripping off Zack Ryder's deal. They're ripping off Jim. It's like, yeah, because parodies are funny in wrestling. And Robbie E did a great job of doing that, where he was doing like the spray tan deal. He spiked his hair up, did the glasses deal. It was it was great. Uh, but it, but again, basically what I'm getting at is that 
the performance center is getting too big, and I'm guaranteeing that there's so many people that are like, you know, there's not that much room to work here. And you know why? Because Vince McMahon is scared of these guys getting picked off by AEW or Impact Wrestling, and it's kind of one of those things where you're just like, well, okay, but can you at least have them do something for once instead of just sitting in the performance center training and training for absolutely no reason? I mean, in all honesty, they're probably losing money than anything. They could be doing something great. We could have had kill. We probably could have Shane Strickland, aka Killshot, over in Impact Wrestling, killing it. You know, do you see what they're doing with Willie Mack and Rich Swan? It's absolutely great. You see what you know they're do- doing in Japan. Frick, honestly, Shane Strickland in Japan would be absolutely amazing right now. Or even have him overseas in the in like the in over in England, have him do something like that. You have Robbie E. He could be. A- be an entertaining guy. You could have put him in pro, pro wrestling gorilla. He probably would have been one of the biggest guys over there. So it's very frustrating to see that. That the reason why so many of these people, people are getting frustrated with wrestling is because they're not being able to utilize stuff. And that's because WWE decides we don't want people to have these toys. We want to just keep these toys to ourselves. We're going to put them in a closet. We're going to lock them up. Maybe sometimes we'll bring them out and play with them. But for right now, we're going to make sure that nobody else gets these toys. And it's really stupid. Yeah, NXT is a little bit bloated. I, in a way, it's uh, it has benefited from having the extra hour and being live. Like, when was the last time anyone saw Raul Mendoza and he was on the show this week? And I'm looking at some people who are on the PC and one guy that stands out uh, because... Uh, the Kings of the Rings podcast would uh, sing their praises all the time as Austin Theory, you know, as a former Evolve champion. who was, He was the guy that was trying to figure out who was spotted in the crowd in Toronto. And he gets spotted in the crowd in Toronto, and everyone's just like, who? And if this was TakeOver, like, New York, if this was at the Barclays Center, the Barclays Center would have went, went crazy because, you know, Evolve being a New York-based show. Uh, uh, promotion and I think there's a lot of the guys that are there they're they're learning their craft I mean this isn't you know th- this isn't the the indies this is the WWE and you have people there you're in promo class for a while then you're refining your gimmick you're you're working off stuff in the ring and I, I understand the frustration completely I mean there is I mean, Raw, Raw I'll, I'll dare say Raw and SmackDown are, are pretty bloated, too. Like, we saw friggin' Mojo Raleigh was on Raw this week. When was the last time Mojo Raleigh was on Raw? Uh, probably WrestleMania after that stupid broken mirror friggin' vignette. Oh, uh, but I'll give that, I, I know we're not talking a lot about Raw and SmackDown. You're still not watching Raw, right? I mean, I've watched, like, the highlight videos and stuff like that, so I guess you could say I'm still kind of watching the product, but I'm not going to go full on, like, watch an entire episode. Honestly, WWE has literally had this deal where it's like, Raw in three minutes. It's like, I'll just take this over watching Raw and SmackDown in entirety. Did you just say three minutes? Oh, man. Three yeah. minutes over... Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, if I must comment, though, uh, I kind of liked Seth Rollins' heel turn. I kind of dug it. Had, had, frig- had he turned? Friggin- yeah, I know. <laughs> we, it's, it's a fresh start for Seth, and I just loved that it was... He was sitting in the back of this friggin' van. It looks like... It looked like a, 
like a boat seat that they ripped off of my dad's fishing boat in the back. He's there in the hoodie, and I'm just like, dude, I know it's you. Like Kevin Owens tried to grab him. Dude, I know it's you. ALP's going to come. Yep. At least he's a heel. I'll give it that, and that's and that's my raw review because I, I forget most of what I saw anyways. I was paying more attention to our friggin' group chat. Right. Yeah, honestly, I will, will say this, that it's absolutely fun continuing to hear shout-outs to our friends, you know, Rachel and Kayla, who just absolutely make, you know, those chats just absolutely fun and amazing. Um, they do a great job. I mean, I know Kayla's, you know, having fun with with her with her kid, and Rachel has been, you know, having fun with her, you know, new relationship, as well as the, the queen, her kitty, who is honestly one of the best things about that chat is just whenever she just takes that picture of her cat. It's like, the queen has arrived. It's one of those things like, oh boy, business has just picked up. By God, the queen scratched her. The queen scratched her. First blood match is over. By God. Get well soon, Rachel. Uh, She just had her wisdom teeth out, and uh, I know that's like it hurts. So lots of ice cream. Speaking of which, I just had a bowl of eggnog ice cream. Oh, my God. Mm, Yum, 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 yum. So... While we're enjoying the great thing that is ice cream as well as just everything that's delicious, uh, we're going to take a little quick break, and then when we come back, it's going to be time for us to talk about the Wednesday Wars. We're going to talk about NXT and AEW. And honestly, guys, you can bask in the glory that is Wednesday night. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is King Ricky Rose, your co-general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you enjoy what you listen to each and every week here on Wrestle Addict Radio, we invite you to enjoy even more content from us on our exclusive Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month, you get bonus content and commentary from each and every show here on Wrestle Addict Radio. That means bonus content from the Kings of the Rings podcast, from Not Your Mama Soap Opera, from 4 Wrestle WrestleCast, from the Gipta Podcast, and from the Game Changer WrestleCast. So for $5 a month, go to patreon.com backslash Wrestle Addict Radio, sign up, you get exclusive content, exclusive access to us pretty much 24-7, and exclusive shows that can only be found and are exclusive to patreon so again folks patreon.com backslash wrestle addict radio five dollars a month all the content that you could ever want in wrestling enjoy hey everyone it's the princess of pro wrestling so Mal. you are listening to the game changer podcast sending lots of love from california Mwah. oh boy ladies and gentlemen what would I do without SoCal Val, in all honesty? And I can tell you guys this, that before the year's over, you are going to hear that lovely voice of SoCal Val on this show uh, with probably in the next couple of weeks. So a little cheap plug for that, and it's going to be awesome. So welcome back to the Game Changer Podcast, a part of Wrestle Attic Radio. Of course, you can check us out at Attic underscore Wrestle, and you can check out all the great podcasts that are a part of the family. Uh, we will still p- promote these guys, even though they're going to be leaving us. Uh, Mance over at Gift of Podcast, uh, DFDC, Jeff Hamachio, the Kings of the Ring, and the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, you guys. It's going to be a very interesting 2020 to see where this kind of goes into. And honestly, uh, I actually do have one more thing I wanted to cover because uh, one thing that actually did, did happen this past weekend as well 
was the Wrestling Podcast Awards. I did almost forget about mentioning that. And I'm going to say that right now, major props go out to Ant for putting in all the time and the effort of the skits as well as being that you know host to just do that kind of stuff. Absolutely great. Unfortunately, you guys, WrestleAttic Radio did not come out with a victory, but hey, we got some nominations, so that was great. Now, with that being said, I do have one thing I have to nitpick about. And I know people are going to hate me for this, but at the same time, it's got to be said. So, one thing I definitely did notice is that, you know, the Laps fan was the major winner from this year. So, congratulations to the Laps fan. Great job on basically dominating the awards this year. Um... But one thing I was kind of a little peeved about was that two of the awards were taken over by a certain somebody who felt a little bit fancy. You can call him Le Champion, if we know, and that is indeed Chris Jericho. Talk is Jericho did take two awards the past week. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't really get that. Because I get it, you know, Talk is Jericho is absolutely great. And I got the chance to listen to that Enzo and, uh, well, Enzo and Cass XL uh, podcast that you were talking to me about. And it is really good. Definitely worth listening to. Um, I also got to listen to one with uh, Brandy Rhodes, which is honestly a really interesting one. It kind of talks about the relationship she had with Dusty, her time in WWE. That was a really great one. It was before All Out. So that was a really good listen. But um, why do I have a problem with this? It's because... Jericho is not really going to listen to this kind of stuff, and he's got other things to do. Why have, you know, these major podcasts that are already famous when you could be promoting something that could probably deserve a lot more recognition is my deal. I'm not I'm not saying, you know, throwing shade at, you know, the Jericho talkers. Jericho deal, like I said, he puts on great shows. At the same time, like I said, he doesn't need to really be in, be in, in this. There's so many other people that definitely deserve the notoriety, the recognition, of that, I was definitely pushing, pulling for uh, Jeff Hamacho's, uh, uh, you know, Matrimonial Soul Proper to, to kind of win this year, to kind of win this year for the sol- solo one. Uh, There's probably some other people that definitely deserve that as well, but they got overlooked by Chris Jericho. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, you know, like I said, he's already famous. He doesn't need, need that kind of recognition. He, people already know who he is. Um, and then they had, you know, the J- John Moxley interview as the winner. Again, He's already doing great podcasts. He's already doing great interviews. There could be somebody else who probably could have earned that that right, just as you know Chris Jericho did. Some people who have interviewed people like you know maybe like a Noel Foley or a Mick Foley, or maybe they got the chance to talk to somebody in WWE stuff like that. Honestly, some of the best interviews that I've heard have come from uh, Solid Monster Sounds Off because he's got the chance to interview uh, Katrina from Lucha Underground. He's gotten the chance to interview Hardcore Holly. Some really great interviews there. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, why don't we look at some of these people that actually could get the right to, you know, have this kind of deal, have this kind of, you know, this notoriety and have this kind of exposure instead of going to the people that already have this exposure. It just, it was just, it's one of those things, it's just me. I'm nitpicking about it. That's the only thing that I had an issue with. Other than that, I thought the podcast awards were great. Yeah, they, they were very good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed all of Ant Skits. I, I'm kind of with you on the Chris Jericho thing. Like I, I completely understand. And, uh, and, and if I may here, uh, I, I think I just want to thank everyone who even 
you know, nominated, you know, myself, nominated Nate, nominated WrestleMania Radio, uh, WrestleMania, like my solo show, which I do like once a month, if that, <laughs> was not was nominated for one. Thanks for that. Uh, and you know, for the, I'm I'm not in this to gain notoriety or or get famous or get awards. Awards are nice, very 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 nice. Uh, I'm in it to to talk about wrestling because I love wrestling. It's given me the chance to build a community to make to make friends with people all over the world like all you guys like i'm all the way up here and everyone's all the way you know i think the one that lives the furthest away well that has to be martin because he's on the other side of the ocean shout, shout out to martin and uh yeah and and to me that and to me this is a hobby and getting you know if i got something out getting something well award out of it is nice but it's it's not everything in the world to me but i'm Hey, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for something, for something someday. And as I said, it's a hobby. The, the day the day this becomes more than a hobby is the day I might have to take a step back and just you you, you know, I, I I love this and I love the awards. Uh, Ant is absolutely hilarious. I mean, him and Kyle and Brad and and that friggin. Ranta Claus kit beforehand. Like I saw it <laughs> right right after they did it because I'm in their group chat as well on their Patreon. Uh, once they started singing Creed, I'm like, I have a coworker who loves Creed, and uh, we we have this inside joke. And I would just text like I can text them right ten thirty. Yeah, he's probably in bed. Uh, I could text them right now and be like, need some Creed. No context. That's it. And I'll tell my coworkers, hey. Next time you see Derek, just say, hey, you need some Creed? Because we used to work, you know, some late shifts, and we would put Creed on on the speaker at work and then go to the, you know, go to the bar and tie one on and sing Creed the whole way. It's fun. Yeah, wrestling podcasts. Yeah, I would would love to see more unknown. Uh, I don't want to use that. You know what I mean. I don't want to use that term, but lesser-known podcasts out there. Yeah, like they said, they said, "Hey, nominate, boom!" And once the nominations are out, and I'm think I'm thinking of people that I wanted to nominate myself. I'm like, okay, I didn't want to nominate myself, so I'm like, okay, like Cultaholic because they do classic raw review. They do uh, their weekly podcast uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Matthew. They, they they kill it. They right. kill it. But they're also a bit more notoriety. Uh, I would put me. No, I wouldn't put Attitude Era podcast up there, but they've been around for five or six years. But a, a little bit less, uh, a little bit more, less notorieties. And Leafs just scored, yay! Right. Honestly, I probably would have put Ruth, well, Ruthless Aggression to get nominated, and they definitely deserved it, especially after the what? whole point out the cat during Backlash 2003. Yes. That's, I was going to say which one because there's two Ruthless Aggressions, and they're. Oh, funny! <laughs> that, that, the one in the UK. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. Just the one, just the one with, with the cat. Just, I, I love that. I, even, I even got like a response from them when I mentioned that. It was awesome. So, I, th- I think that I definitely want to highlight some of their stuff more often and get a chance to listen to their show. Uh, but that's just awesome. All right. So we talked enough about that. Let's talk about NXT and AEW. Which, in all honesty, this is kind of interesting. Is that uh, the results? You know, are all said and done, and the 
uh, ratings actually came in, and they were actually tied this week. Yep. Exactly tied? Apparently or, like they, how, or like how close? I, they were exactly tied. I think it was like 478,000 viewers on each of them. So, in honesty, it was kind of one of those things where... Uh, where it was kind of it was kind of awesome. I, w- I will say this that uh, <laughs> that Joey Janela actually made a comment about this whole, about that whole deal, where he basically where he, where he I think he makes a comment where he says something along the lines of uh, of you know like oh man there's this whole tie, tie deal, but at the same time AEW was so, was so good that I literally said. Said this made me this made me horny. So AEW takes the victory. Some some something along the lines of that, which I'm like, Joey, that's disgusting, but that's also very funny. So uh, if if your if your elite erection lasts more than four hours, please go to the doctor. <laughs> also, join Dark Order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had I, to. I love the Dark Order so much now. Oh man, just, just their promo stuff is awesome. And hey, we get we get one in the show, but we'll get into that a little later. Let's talk about NXT. Um, we kicked off with a cruiserweight championship matchup: Angel Garza versus Leo Rush. And honestly, these guys literally killed it. They did a fantastic job. It really showcased what the cruiserweight division was all about. Some great back and forth action. A couple things that kind of stood out to me was a very beautiful um, uh, dual kick combination that they kind of did. They did to each other. Uh, Angel Garza hit a kick, and then Leo Rush hit a kick on Garza, Garza, and then they kind of both just went on the ropes, do like this, like almost like they're trying to you know punch each other, but then they both just fall flat. That was awesome. Uh, honestly, it seemed like Leo Rush was going to pick up the victory. After hit after hitting the frog splash, but Garza was able to just roll out of the ring. As he's rolling out, Leo Rush is just grabbing the pants, and the pants are just slipping off because you know why the hell not at this point. Uh, but Leo Rush decides to capitalize. He goes to the top rope. He goes for another splash on Garza. Uh, Garza is able to get his knees up this time. Uh, throws him into the ring. He hits the wing clipper for a very near two count, three count. But then Garza decides to grab him into a reverse full Nelson. Leo Rush taps out. Garza is your new cruiserweight champion. In all honesty, it was a really good matchup. Like I said, it was a great demonstration of the uh, cruiserweights. And in all honesty, Garza is definitely going to be a new face that people are going to be very interested in seeing. And I think that there were a lot of people that were pretty shocked that he's got the belt up right now. But it it was an absolutely awesome deal. But... The celebration for him did not just stop there. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, during the break, they revealed that uh, Angel Garza, <clears throat> he what, he was in the crowd and he was talking about that uh, there, were four, there were four things that he cared about the most. He cared about, you know, he cares about the ring, he cares about the NXT, uh, the, well, he called it the WWE NXT Universe, he cares about his family, and he also cares about his girlfriend, whom he brought into the ring, and I assumed he said this in complete Spanish. He basically proposed to his girlfriend, who who had a resounding yes, even though fans were chanting "C C C." It's just it was an awesome deal. So congratulations to Garza and to your fiance. 
absolutely. It was a beautiful moment. It was kind of one of those things where I remember Batista actually did something like that at WrestleMania 21 after he won the world title, where uh, you know he's going to the backstage. People are just congratulating him. He and his wife, they're you know just happy, and he literally got down on one knee and gave his wife uh, Angie at the time a proper proposal because the first time that they got married, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, hey, do you want to get up? you want to maybe just get married or something like that? And he was like, oh, yeah, that's aw- that's awesome. They go to, like, a courthouse, and they and that, and that was kind of it. So he felt like he wanted to give uh, his wife a, you know, proper proposal. So he kind of did, and it was in front of so many people. And for, for superstars that do that, that take a big moment that could be put on them and make it all about somebody that they really love, that is just absolutely awesome. So, again... Major congratulations to our new Cruiserweight champion, uh, Mr. Angel Garza, and also to him on the recent engagement to his now fiance. Awesome way to start off the show. It's kind of hard to top that. <laughs> that that was great. I was very, very surprised to see Angel Garza get the, get the title here. And it makes me think that Garza was in that... What was that tournament that they had? And they had the finals at a dark match at Toronto. Uh, oh, the like a the, young the, the, gun. yeah, the, like the, the like the young guns, the breakout star tournament or something Break, like that. The, that was... the breakout one, and was that not won by ACH? Oh yeah. Do we do, 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 do we do we even want to touch that? The fact nope. that <laughs> okay. Nope. Uh, you know what? Kings of the Rings. They did. Uh, they did it very well, and. You know, King, uh, King Ricky, you know, him being a, uh, a therapist, is he? Uh, or psychiatrist, so- something like that. He- he's a psychology major, so he was able to dissect it uh, psychologically. And, yes. yeah, it, no. Uh, and I thought that this would have been his spot had, you know, shit not hit the fan um, yeah. and other stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm... It, I'm Perfectly fine with Garza in this uh, in this spot. I I love the pants gimmick. I'm sold. I love the pants thing now. It's like he's finding different ways to get out of it. Now I'm just like, okay, what you must do now is take off your tights without taking off your pants. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it's that bit with uh, Crossy the Clown's like, well, if. Or the little Grandpa Simpson's like, well, if I ever don't know, if I'm not sure of something, I'll just check my underwear. <laughs> Call me Abraham Simpson. Grandpa, how'd you take off your underwear without taking off your pants? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, only here you're going to get me going off on oh, obscure references. Awesome. Oh, boy. Yeah, the wing clipper, though. To me, it kind of looks like... Do you remember that move Shane Douglas... Shane Douglas, take two, did called the Franchiser, where he would kind of do uh Oh, what's that neck snap thing, where you just grab the guy's neck and you just snap it back? Like, Jeff Hardy does a sit-down version of it. I can't think of what it looks oh. like. Basically, it looks like an atomic... A, a variation of the atomic drop, but... Okay. Garza makes it look good. He makes it look all right. And then transitioning into that submission was vicious. Like, I'm game. And I'm already looking... I know this is kind of weird, but when guys win titles, 
I'm already looking forward to what their first feud or their eventual title ending feud is going to be because I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm like JC Bones. I love booking ahead and fantasy booking things like Garza versus, okay, if we get Worlds Collide, like Garza versus uh, the QB Buzzsaw, who we saw later in the show, mm-hmm. uh, or even a guy like um, Ilya Dragunov, but I want Dragunov versus Dijakovic. I want it. Give me what I want, Regal. I tweeted you. <laughs> Do it. You too, Johnny State. I, I didn't forget about you. And while I have it in my head, don't you forget about Keith. I, 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 w- I was actually go- going to ask you, um, did Regal ever get back to you on that? No, I probably got blocked. <laughs> you might want to double check. It's like Ryback. He went on a mass blocking spree, but that's because people were calling calling him an asshole. Yeah, if you call me one, I'll block you too. Don't call him out and be like, yeah, I was right, Ryback. You're a loser. Oh, wrestling Twitter sucks ass. Sometimes. There's other times where you could actually be can be well-liked. I mean, there's a lot of people that say, like, oh, I'm going on a date or something like that. I'm just like, have fun. It's like, just, just two words. Nothing negative. Only encouragement. And I got a like for that. And I don't even know the person. It's like, yeah, I mean, if people want to go out and, ha- and want to tell us that, hey, good, some good's happening in their life, go for it. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of like Deadpool, where, where, uh, where, uh, what was it? Um, where, where Peter just showed up, and he's, and, and it's like, oh, I don't really have that much experience, but you know, I could do blah 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 blah. And he's just like, you're in. <laughs> it's just not even, not even kidding. Oh man. Uh, so we got a nice, uh, we get, we actually got one of two. Hype packages for the uh, NXT Women's Championship match for next week. I actually really like this one with Shayna Baszler because she mentions this idea that um, you could tell somebody by you know the car that they drive, and she introduces her Ford Mustang, which I'm just like, oh, I love it. And she even compared she even compared to the wrestling where she was saying you know all people love like these Ferraris and stuff like that where they're all I'll do like all these cool tricks and blah 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 blah. Me, I'm kind of like a classic one. I kind of like this. I'm like, oh my god, she literally just compared cars to professional wrestling. I am starting to become more of a fan of Shayna Baszler right now. I'm not full on board the, the Baszler train, but at the same time, she's got a Mustang. She respects it. She compared cars to wrestling in the best way. I like it. I dig it. It was awesome. Uh, then we get a nice promo deal where Balor talks about. You know the triple threat match where he talks about how he actually breaks down you know Keith Lee and Tommaso Ciampa. He talks about the fact that oh I you know I was the longest reigning NXT champion and that his you know that his future is going to be well his past is going to be his present it was basically like the key thing that they brought out of this with Finn Balor. Which in all honesty, I kind of dig. I kind of understand that he. He mentioned the whole deal about him being Intercontinental Champion and the first Universal Champion, which, honestly, he never got a proper run with. What the fuck? Um, but, you know, he mentioned that his major success in uh, NXT was something that he really relishes, that he really enjoys. And, honestly, it's great to see him back in NXT. Well-deserved. So, we, we got more of this from Keith Lee as well as from uh, Tommaso Ciampa, but we'll get more into that a little later. Uh, Mr. Fretz, I think I'll pass it over to this one because this next matchup is kind of interesting. And you mentioned this, gentlemen, a couple times before we even got to this. 
Yeah, we have Cameron Grimes here going up against uh, Raul, Mendo <clears throat> Raul Mendoza. And now that we have characters named Grimes and Mendoza, it allows me to make Simpsons reference number two of today's podcast with Grimey, and which is my second favorite episode of all time, Homer's Enemy from season eight. Uh, Frank Grimes, this guy that gets hired at the power plant, and Homer drives him nuts because Grimey is worked hard to be successful, and Homer just, he showed up the day they opened the plant. And uh, Mendoza, well, if you know McBain, Mendoza! Uh, and that is Simpsons reference number two. Yes, uh, this was a rather quick match. I think Cameron Grimes tried to go for that, uh, uh, what, what's cave-in. Oh, okay, My, yeah, yeah. That, that cave-in finisher. I, did, I just had to Take a listen to him, like, I hope my freezer door isn't opening, because it sounds like it's running, but I'll go check that in a minute. But, yeah, we had Cameron Grimes, and they had this, they've had this bit with uh, Kushida, and, uh, you know, they had a, an injury angle throughout the show. Uh, uh, Kushida got jumped at the Performance Center, and uh, Royal Mendoza uh, got some momentum because Kushida came out to distract him, and then Mendoza hit a Herm Karana for a three count, and I think that's his first win on NXT. He's been there for like five years. Yeah, no, it was kind of crazy to see that. Uh, after the matchup, we do see uh, Kushida actually steal Cameron Grimes' his little, his little uh, hat that he had. And Take the hat. <laughs> Take the hat. I, I have to step out, bro. You keep covering this. I have to it's, make sure my freezer's good. No problem. Uh, no, that was just a little funny deal. Uh, Mia Yim talks about the, her match with Dakota Kai. She talks about having revenge and putting Dakota Kai in the ambulance. Oh boy, howdy, that's going to be an awesome matchup. Oh, I can tell you, it was. Uh, we get a little bit of a preview of the, uh, I guess you could say War of the, War, War of the World, Worlds Collide deal, as we have Jackson Riker taking on the Kiwi Buzzsaw Travis Banks. And before the matchup even, uh, during the matchup, they actually make a Fusion Thunder Liger reference in this matchup because they were talking about the uh, junior heavyweights and they even mentioned the fact that uh, Liger's going to be having his final matchup soon. They don't mention, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, but they do mention the fact that he's having his, you know, his final match very soon. So it's kind of those things where like, oh, okay, that's kind of... Uh, this is a very hard-hitting, a lot of knee strikes, a lot of, like, tough men just beating the crap out of each other kind of a matchup. Uh, during the matchup, Banks actually gets... A bit of a cut above his uh, right eye, left eye. Sorry, um, I was trying to pinpoint where it was, but it was just kind of those things where it just kind of came out of nowhere. But uh, that really good matchup between these two. Uh, Banks was able to beat Riker with that beautiful. He runs up the top of the turnbuckles. And he does like this disaster kick to Riker. One, two, three. It's over. Uh, kind of a very quick matchup, kind of like the last one. But in all honesty, it definitely is another deal where it's like okay. You know, NXT has all this momentum now. I think we got to make a presence here with NXT UK because with when Worlds Collide coming up, got to have a little bit of fun with that. So, yeah, honestly, like I said, short, very hard hitting, and uh, very nice, uh, very nice finish where we see Travis Banks pick up the victory. Yeah, that move is called the Slice of Heaven. Uh, I remember that from, uh, from well, a from Bleacher Report here and. Uh, from my occasional viewing of NXT UK, which take over Blackpool's in a couple of weeks, and uh, friggin' TLC's this Sunday, so we might have to 
try to predict that, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not even watching it. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to be at work, so I'm not even going to be watching it. But yeah, it was really nice to see some NXT UK uh, involvement here. Um, I'm still waiting on. I would love to see at least do like a four corners kind of deal where you can have Gallus Imperium and then Undisputed Era and. Hmm. Okay, well, I need one more tag team. Oh, tag team from you know what? Screw it. Their main roster: Street Profits. Why not? Because I I want to. I I'm really. I'm actually really looking forward to Worlds Collide. I am very uh, optimistic about it. I mean, we saw it in Mania Takeover, and we saw that wicked DiJack versus Harper match. My lord! But yeah, there there we go. Um. I'm just I'm scrolling through what's next. Oh, Dak- oh, oh Dakota Kai. <laughs> uh, I must say, Dakota Kai looks like she walked out of 1988 in Nakatomi Plaza. Please don't make me explain what that reference is. Google it, kids. <laughs> oh my goodness, that hair. Oh, so good. Hey, you know, uh, I, th- I think you're enjoying this so much. I'm giving the floor to you. Talk about this matchup. Uh, and, uh, my name is Mr. Fretz, and I'm not wearing pants. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, hey, basketball, sh- basketball shorts aren't pants, dude. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so we have Mia, Mia Yim. Uh, Dakota Kite calls her a okay hood rat. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, is that offensive? Like Kings of the Rings play this game, and it's like. Is that racist? And I'm like, hood. Well, they called Aladdin a street rat, so okay. I'm gonna say no. Um, if it is, you can definitely, definitely hit me up on Twitter, or you know, better yet, DM me rather than get up all of my grill and my mentions. Uh, so me, Yim's, you know, she's coming in for a fight. Dakota Kai uh, was just striking the crap out of her. She was still wearing her Team Kick gear, and you said something about her entrance music being. Nothing but, you know, uh, what's-her-face screaming and... Uh, Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox screaming and the, and the Tron being, like, the heel turn. I just saw, like, the words Dakota Kai. Yeah, and, the, you know, yeah they got rid of Will, that this week. Because oh, oh, I didn't see that last time, so it would have been awesome. And Will, I was just listening to uh, Kings of the Rings while I was... Uh, closing up at work, and uh, Will, <laughs> shout out Will, likes to call her better Bailey. <laughs> it's like she was kind of like the new, you know, the, the peppy, happy, girl Bailey in, uh, in NXT. And I'm just like, okay, now that she's she's badass like this, I, I want to see, like, a face-off between Dakota Kai and Izzy. Because, you know, Izzy's got that, uh, well, now she's, well, I don't want, well, she's not growing up. She's only 15 or something like that, but she's she's got that, you know, she, she's, tra- she's trading, like, her MMA stuff now, so she looks like a badass, has that, you know, the long hair with the shaved bit, the, sha- the shaved hair bit there. It looks really cool. And we have... Yeah, this match here, she's wearing team kick gear, and I'm like, okay, she's definitely taking the piss here, because, you know, 
God, I can't, I can't wait for this feud now. It made them interest. I was not interested in these two, and now I am. Thank, thank you, thank you. So we have uh, uh, Mia Yim get sending into the exposed turnbuckle because uh, Dakota Kai tried to use the the knee brace as a weapon, but the referee was just like, no, no, no. And uh, yeah, we have the. Uh, basically a no contest here. They brought into the crowd and then um, they get into a little bit of a, a platform above a tech area and this bump here, it looked kind of gnarly. Uh, Mia Yim did a Saito suplex or just a back suplex off of this little uh, platform, uh, what, what am I, guardrail platform above the, uh, the tech area but there's these two tables set up, like, together, and only one table broke. The one right in front of it, and I thought, oh, man, they, did they, if they effed up their heads and their necks here, I wouldn't be shocked. It looked ugly, but it was really, really cool. Oh, it says here, Dakota Kai beats Yim, me Yim by pinfall. Oh, yeah, it was the exposed turnbuckle spot. Uh, mm. Bleacher Report wasn't being very clear here, so, yeah, Kai beat her, but then, you know, they... Continue to brawl into the crowd, and that's when that Saito suplex spot came out. And uh, you know, and you know, now I'm I'm interested in Mia Yim now because I I didn't know who a lot of these women were. I know a lot of them were in the Mayon Classic, which I I didn't watch the second version of. But I'm loving NXT's women's division now, especially with Caden Carter, who we see later. Yeah. <laughs> In all honesty, it was a really good matchup. I loved the code blue from uh, Mia Yim. I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, after the, after that scary spot you ma- mentioned there, it kind of looked like uh, <laughs> you hear the fans chanting, you know, one more time, one more time, one more time. And I think that I, for some for some reason, um, it's it's uh, for some reason I have it in my head like Mia Yim is kind of looking at the crowd, and she's just like y'all crazy. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you really want me to risk, you know, my neck just by doing that again? I don't think so. And I'm like, no, Mia Yim, please, no, no, don't do that again because I, I like what you're doing in this feud and I like for you to live, please, instead of, you know, ending up in a wheelchair or something like that. I I don't want that. I'd rather you be alive. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. You definitely hit the nail on the head for that one, my good sir. Um, then we get Keith Lee. He's talking about the triple threat match, and they'll talk about how Balor and Ciampa will be basking in his glory. Then we get a very interesting uh, tag team matchup. Uh, well, actually, I called it more of a basic tag team match, in which we have Brizongo taking on the Singh brothers. And first of all, Brizongo as doctors? Oh, okay. I'm not going to criticize. I'm not. Gonna, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, well, this is kind of interesting. I never thought that they would actually do stuff like this, but them going from fashion police to doctors is okay. And then, like, Beth Phoenix made this comment about, like, a full-body inspection or something like that. I'm there, you think to myself, oh, gosh. Oh, Edge, what is going through your mind right now? <laughs> Except for maybe Spear, Spear. I'll let you guys paint the picture of that. Like I said, kind of a basic back-and-forth matchup. Uh, a very beautiful Falcon Arrow from the top rope by Fandango. Uh, also, like, a really cool... Uh, Miz and Morrison spot, which, ironically enough, they showed that on WWE Bump, where they had Miz and Morrison kind of have a reunite deal and possibly tease the fact that the dirt sheet's coming back. 
I'd be okay with that. But um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, Tyler Breeze had one of the Singh brothers on like on, on like his knees with the catapult deal, and then we see Fandango leaping over the top top rope with like an elbow deal. So kind of like how Miz and Morrison used to do that. That was just brutal. Um, but Fandango hits the leg drop for the victory. Breezango are victorious. For me, I love seeing Breezango back together again. It was great. I I liked it. Um, then we have Rhea Ripley. She talks about the uh, women's championship matchup. They even show like bits and pieces of her at like a radio interview where she's talking about it. Uh, nothing really too. Cri- well, actually, no. She actually they get a little more insight onto what her backstory is, kind of, and how she talks about how she's you know like done back to back Mae Young classics. How she was the first ever uh, WWE UK Women's Champion. Uh, then they also mentioned the Women's War Game. Definitely highlighting the fact that she's been a part of a lot of historic moments. And now she could have the potential to make history again against Shayna Baszler. They kind of hyped that up a bit. It was great. Absolutely loved it. So, Mr. Fretz, I do believe I will leave the floor to you because honestly... It's kind of one of those things where if I talk about this matchup, I think that uh, Philium will not like me. If, if you're going to say that you're not a fan of Bianca Belair, neither am I. Uh, okay. I think Phil and I have already had that understanding. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Sorry, Phil. Uh, no, but I have, to, I have to go back to the tag match for just a quick second here because uh, sure. uh, I have been singing the praises of the Singh Brothers for a long time. Uh, I, I've said before... Uh, Listen to their episode on um, the ENC Pot of Awesomeness because they took a similar road to Edge as Edge and Christian did. And if you've read Edge's book or you know have any of his DVDs, he talks about these things that are called the like the, the Canada Death Road Trips or something, where they go through like northern Manitoba and to all these snow, like drive across a, like an icy snow covered lake to get to a lodge to wrestle in front of 12 people. The Singh brothers did the very same thing, in a way, and they they gained so much of my respect, and they're just so damn entertaining and fun. The I love the whole Bollywood, Bollywood boys gimmick, and when I saw Brizango, I'm just like, you guys are like 15 years too late to audition for Grey's Anatomy, and I just discovered that that show is still on. My God. Uh, so so entertaining and uh, I I love um, Fandago, but bro, top rope leg drop's gonna do a number on you when you're in your forties. Right. Uh, and we have we have Bianca Belair versus Caden Carter. Uh, Caden Carter is a, a new signee. I think she was called something else. Um, I think our we, if, you know if we had Phil on the net, on the network here, uh, he, he he is our resident uh, women's. A women's wrestling expert, so he'd be able to help me out with who Caden Carter used to be. Uh, very athletic, gymnastic-like background, I think, but uh, you know what? It was uh, KOD for the 1-2-3, and uh, Bianca Belair won, and maybe she's moving up the ranks again, but, you know, like Shayna Baszler said, it's like, you know, you tapped, you tapped, you tapped, and uh, that Ford Mustang, holy crap. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we get into the main event, but before we even get to that, we get some uh, words from Ciampa, who talks about the triple threat match, and in all honesty, one of the best transitions I have ever seen 
where he looks directly at the camera and he just says, Goldie, this is for you. Goes behind the curtain and it goes right back to them doing it live in NXT. That was beautiful. So it's the triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the NXT championship for this upcoming week. It's going to be Tommaso Ciampa versus Keith Lee versus Finn Balor. They got the classic uh, deal where they did the introductions. That was great. Um, to start off, oh my gosh, Keith Lee doing a cross body block on both of these guys over the top rope was just, whew, that was great. Uh, they definitely did showcase Keith Lee as kind of the bigger guy to take down and to be, to try and beat him down. Uh, to the point where even Ciampa does like this Cactus Jack like clothesline to Keith Lee on the outside. Oh, that was just beautiful. Uh, Ciampa back in the ring, he hits the dual second rope DDTs to both Balor and uh, <clears throat> with uh, ba- with on Balor on Balor and Keith Lee. We get this nice spot here where we see an air raid crash uh, with Balor onto Keith Lee. That was just impactful. That was just great. Finn Balor doing his classic uh, foot stomp deal to both Keith Lee as well as to uh, as well as to Tommaso Ciampa. Lee Lee doing this deal where he's being dominant. He's doing back body drops. He tosses Balor into Ciampa. That was great. Now, moment of the week for this past week was this moment right here. Um, Tommaso Ciampa decides, hey, I'm going to kind of do what I did to Adam Cole, baby, at NXT TakeOver. He gets Finn Balor up for, like, this top rope air raid crash. Keith Lee gets under Ciampa. And automatically, I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh, damn, this is not going to end well. I saw a couple points where there was, like, a little bit of shakiness to it, but Keith Lee is just holding on, and honestly, it's a spot that is still scary to this point, uh, even after, even after like, less than 12 hours of watching it. Uh, they do the air raid crash with the electric chair drop. Oh, poor Balor. I feel bad for Balor, but that was just a scary, great moment. Uh, Lee would hit his, what I call the Jackhammer 2.0 on Tommaso Ciampa. He tries to do the same thing to uh, Finn Balor, but he's able to escape out of it. Uh, We were going to see the Spirit Bomb by Mr. Keith Lee, but Finn Balor is able to counter it into the double foot stomp. Uh, My God, Tommaso Ciampa, with a busted neck, how he has this strength, I have no idea. He's able to hit the air raid crash on Keith Lee for a very near three count. Oh, that was just absolutely crazy. Uh, we get back into it. Uh, Keith Lee is able to hit his spirit bomb, but as he goes down, and they really had a really amazing camera angle where Finn Balor is just waiting in the corner. He is just ready to strike. As soon as Keith Lee puts down Ciampa with that bomb, here comes Finn Balor. Coup de gras on Keith Lee. One, two, three. Balor is your number one contender and will face Adam Cole for the NXT Championship this upcoming week at... Honestly, it's not even a takeover. It's just NXT taping. I have to remember that. So, the two matches that they have been promoting for next week are Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship and Finn Balor versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. This was just an awesome triple threat matchup. Before we get into predictions about these two matches, Mr. Fretz, how'd you survive this matchup? <laughs> uh, barely. I was on, I was on the edge of edge of my seat, but uh, I always am when it comes to NXT, especially like 
especially with uh, Keith Lee. Don't you forget about Keith. Oh, my goodness. That that spot at the, at the end with the coup de gras was... Mwah. C'est coup de gras. Il magnifique. Uh, I'm a little surprised it was Balor. I mean, I thought we would get Keith Lee, but uh, th- this is going to lean right into my prediction, but I think we're going to see the return of one Johnny Gargano. You know, in all honesty, that would be absolutely fantastic, and I would be, I'd be totally down for that. So let's go into some quick predictions for these two matches that are coming up here. So, uh, Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, Mister Fretz, who have you got? Rhea Ripley, it's time, and it's been rumor and innuendo for a while now that uh, Shayna Baszler is going to come up to the main roster, and I think she'll either debut just after New Year's on Raw and take out Becky Lynch and win the title from her or go into the Royal Rumble but there are already I I don't buy these but early dirt sheet betting odd predictions that the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble is going to actually be Ronda Rousey but if that means we get Ronnie versus uh, screw Ronnie versus Becky I want Ronnie versus Baszler at Mania. In all honesty, that that could happen. That could very much happen. But at the same time, I know they did this whole deal on Total Divas where it's like, eh, you know, Ronda's you know, giving up you know WWE to be a parent, blah, blah, blah. She could very well be with child within the next few months. Who knows at this point? But, um, yeah, honestly, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say we probably won't see like a surprise super deal with Ronda Rousey, but at the same time, I think my betting odds would be more on Shayna Baszler winning the Royal Rumble this this upcoming year, and that is why I'm in agreement with you. I say Rhea Ripley takes the title. In all honesty, Shayna Baszler has done her job. She's beaten everybody, and it's time for her to move on to... On, I, I can't really say greener pastures, but in all honesty... Yeah. I think it's time for her to go up to the main roster and legitimize it. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, we also have the NXT Championship. Like I said, Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. Cole's not leaving. Cole's not leaving without that championship. I'm sorry. I do not see that happening. We've been talking about this for a while. I do still see them doing Cole versus Ciampa at uh, Mania Weekend. You definitely hinted at that. I'm definitely on fully on board for that. Um, it would be kind of interesting to see Balor win the title. Maybe have, you know, Balor and Keith Lee at the next takeover, and then maybe Balor versus Ciampa at the takeover in um, WrestleMania weekend. But at the same time, what they're doing with Cole is great, and I think that they need to find ways to start, you know, dissecting the whole deal where Undisputed Era has all the titles and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. So I don't think that Cole's leaving without the belt. And honestly, I will also say this. That we actually ended the show with all four members of the Undisputed Era up on the rampway, so it's really nice to see Bobby Fish back. Yeah, and I, I was when we were going when you were going through that, I'm just like, I, I just had a thought, just like flash, like you know, right right before me. I thought, okay, okay, I'm picking Adam Cole, obviously, mm-hmm. but just fantasy book here for a second. Bear with me. Yep. Uh, JC Bones, uh, I got your book in the mail. Um, <laughs> your, your, fan, your fantasy book so Balor wins the title and then afterwards lights go out 
like, you know, battle celebrating, lights go out. In the ring, Gargano. And we see, you know, brawl, exchange, blah, 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 blah. And hypothetically, let's say that Worlds Collide isn't happening Royal Rumble weekend. It's a takeover. Or, no, you know, screw it. Take, take over out west. Um, I forget where. Near near Oregon. where John Ritland. John Ritland, you're near, you're near there. Shout out John Ritland and the Dervinator. <laughs> they do good work. Um, and then, okay, Gargano wins the title there. And then finally, we get the climax of Tommaso Gargano, NXT title. Um, it has to be a major stipulation, like not loser leaves or like you know they'll call it like the end of an era match. You know, one last time, and then you do it the following year at WrestleMania. Triple <laughs> Undertaker, um, and then that's where Gargano wins and finally gets that Gargano stuff away. But I sincerely think that we're going to see that feud go on again after Tommaso wins the title from Adam Cole. I'm okay with that. Uh, Guys, we're going to take a little quick break before we talk about uh, All Elite Wrestling. And, yeah, in all honesty, more brighter things are happening. In all honesty, 2020 looks really great for All Elite Wrestling, and we'll tell you guys why that is. In just a bit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Nate the and Great. You know what's really fun, you guys? is just spending some time creating wrestling moments. Whether it's being in the crowd, cutting promos, or just really kind of beating each other up with a chair or a trash can. Well, let's just say that there's a safer way to doing that without using the actual chair or a trash can. Go over to Great Minds Revolution Incorporated. My buddy Kurt has actually created a very safe and fun way to be a wrestling fan without the necessary lawsuits of basically beating each other up with real stuff. He has an inflatable chair that is really fun to just whack around, and it could also double as a little floaty for a pool. He also has the inflatable trash can, which you guys is really awesome because let's say maybe you don't want to use it for wrestling matches. You could use it at your barbecue next big tailgate party, whatever you could think of. Great Minds Revolution, Inc. They do a great job on making wrestling fun again. Proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. What up, fam? It's your boy, J.C. Bones, the host of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And you are making a change because you're listening to the Game Changer Podcast, only on Wrestle Addict Radio. You know, in all honesty, I think that us dropping the music is actually working out better because we're getting more time to just talk about stuff. Welcome back, guys, to the Game Changer Podcast. I'm Nate. He's Fretz. Let's get all elites. And honestly, let's just get this right out of the way. They already made the announcement during the show that uh, All Elite Wrestling is going to be coming back to the Chicago area for Revolution. Uh, That'll be taking place on February 29th, from what I've Remember, it's going to be happening during the C2E2 weekend, so they actually have a little bit of competition. But at the same time, it also gets people hyped up for that. So it's honestly going to be absolutely great. And honestly, I, I am gonna, I'm not going to lie. I look at the lineup also that they have for C2E2. That's going to be some major tough competition because C2E2 has delivered so many great uh, people wrestling-wise, pop culture-wise to that deal. So... It's going to be interesting. In all honesty, I'm very interested in seeing how StarCast competes against C2E2. Uh, I'm still going to StarCast. 
regardless. As much as I enjoyed my time with C2E2, StarCast is, 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 is my bread and butter. But let's talk about AEW. Uh, we kicked off with Moxley. He decided to come out. I, I, let me put it like this. It's basically going to be a t-shirt. Arrive, break a record, leave. That is literally John Moxley in a nutshell, where he just came in, beat a, beat a talent, and that, that was it. And it seemed like you know, he was about to leave, when out comes the inner circle with Le Champion, Chris Jericho, who I've, I figured it out today because he pointed it out to me. I was thinking to myself, man, Jericho's got an interesting jacket up, but why does it look so familiar? Why does that look so familiar? And then there was a picture that uh, that Ant posted up where it was showing him with that jacket. It's like, that's why I remember it now! Because it looks the same thing like he'd had at the Rank Gala earlier this year. So, it's one of those things where Chris Jericho just stole from from Anthony, from Ant's, uh, from Ant's uh, closet, which is really funny now that I think about it. Uh, but Jericho, he comes out, he basically talks about the history that him and Moxley have. Uh, he even mentions the thumbtack spot that he took, which, in all honesty, is still an awesome moment. Um, but ultimately involved Jericho inviting Moxley into the inner circle. And he said that you have to do it tonight, you don't have to do it next week, take your time, think about it, like that. And I've heard people complaining about the fact that, you know, oh, well, this is just going to be a setup for, you know, uh, for for Moxley to basically say screw you to Jericho and he's gonna beat up the champion blah blah blah. There's other people that have been saying, well, this would be kind of interesting if you know they kind of coax Moxley in and then Jericho just beats him down. In all honesty, I'm kind of interested in seeing where this angle goes because with two different angles, you just never know. Uh, but I'm kind of interested in seeing what happens here. So opening to AEW, not as not as good as you know NXT was. I mean, you can't really top a proposal, but at the same time, still a pretty decent opening. I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, this Moxley just jobbing out these two guys like in two seconds, and then uh, I loved how Jericho kind of brought up their past. You know, brought up their feud in WWE. They did uh, say, "Oh yeah, we beat the shit out of each other," and uh, you know, I, I hit you with a fifty. With a fifty-pound thing of something, I forget what he said, and I'm just like, I was waiting for him to say, "Oh, please reference Mitch the Plant, please rest in rest in peace, Mitch the Plant," uh, and they uh, referenced their uh, Ambrose Asylum match with all the thumbtacks, which that was pretty damn fun. That match and Moxley's beating him for the title. I mean, I think I bold prediction. I think Moxley's going to be the guy to beat him for the title. And then, if I can book ahead, MJF is going to be the one to beat... Uh, oh, it's called Ambrose. No, Moxley for the belt. And then that's when you get the loophole for Cody to win it at, like, All Out. But, yes, I, I'm, I'm all for this. I, I'm a big fan of the inner circle now. Although, yes, I called Angel Garza a Spanish god, not... Sammy Guevara, they can both they they can both be, they can both be because I'm I'm starting to turn around on Sammy Guevara. I'm loving him. He's just such a good little prick. And then like he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at me. I'm gonna the log here while I'm on the top rope doing a shooting star press. Super kick. Oh man, uh, 
I, I can honestly say that I never had a bad thing to say about Sammy Guevara, and when I met him, he was still a pretty co- cool dude. Um, yeah, they can be they can be Spanish gods in their own right for for all we care. Um, all right, so first matchup we have on this card uh, is QT Marshall and Cody taking on the Butcher, the Blade. And in their corner is the bunny. In all honesty, I do love the fact that they kind of mentioned this idea that, oh, well, Allie got her hair, you know, snipped off by Awesome Kong, so now we see this different kind of deal where he, where she's, you know, got this new transition deal. For me, it's like, you know, I feel like this is more of a master of the multiverse kind of situation. In all honesty, the final episode that they had of season five, I want to say, Kind of show, kind of shows them leaving this multiverse area where we just see the the butcher, the blade, and the bunny kind of le- leaving this area. So it's kind of like, you know, it might be something like that. I, I even make the joke about, are we sure that's even Allie? Because we know about the multiverse, right? Because <laughs> it's probably one of those things where people are going to get annoyed, but at the same time, hey, I'm a sucker for that series. It's awesome. I'm looking forward to the next season. Sue me. Uh, but this was a really good matchup. I really kind of enjoyed the back-and-forth deal that they had here, even though people are saying, well, how are you going to make these guys a dominant force when, you know, they're getting beaten up by somebody like QT Marshall, who you barely see, and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? They're getting their foot in the door. They can't seem unstoppable right now because, obviously, they're facing a huge, a great competitor like Cody. And, you know, QT Marshall, I've never really heard of the guy, but in all honesty, he, put, he, he held his own in this matchup. I thought he did a... Fantastic job. Uh, loved the fact that Cody brought back the moonsault. I thought that was great. Or, well, it's probably a long time since I've seen him do that moonsault, but it was just absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. Um, it seemed like Cody and Kitty were going to pick up the victory, but in the end, the Butcher and the Blade were able to hit their finisher, which is like, uh, like a suplex by one guy into the other guy's knees, which is brutal. It's kind of like what... Uh, 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 Roderick Strong does his like a oh gosh what's what, what's the name of that his finisher um, end of heartache thank you yeah kind of like the end of heartache but done with a tag team deal so that's kind of what's going on with that but uh, the butcher the blade and the bunny pick up the victory on their first night in uh, AEW I thought that was the right move and uh, kind of a surprise here we see Cody Rhodes just at the barricade he's just kind of thinking to himself oh boy what 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 am I gonna do here. And Darby Allen comes out. He he extends his hand out to Cody, picks him up, and it's basically just one of those moments where it's like a show of mutual respect between the two of them. It was kind of those things where you know it it was there. It it was kind of nice though. Kind of one of those things where it's you know they're showing respect for each other. I kind of liked it. Although I'm still not going to get over the fact that Cody has that scar above his eye from the uh, full gear incident. Uh, that's just going to take a lot of getting used to. And I think the next time I see him, I'm literally just going to say, Cody, I know that I said last time, no more steel chair shots. Can you just take it easy on your face from now on? Because I literally feel like the next time I'm going to see you, you're probably going to have like an eye patch or you're just going to have like a missing tooth or something like that. Just Because it's, it's literally reaching that point where it's like, dude, you got like probably a scar on the back of your head. You got a scar on the front of your face. Dude, you're going to be like, you're going to look like a Frankenstein monster by the time you... But by the time you retire, he's just gonna have like he's gonna have like these like deals where he could probably look like he'd make a stitch or something like that. Just man, guy just gotta take it easy. But like I said, tag team match, 
absolutely great to start off the uh, start of the show. Yeah, he'll end up looking up looking like Abdullah the Butcher. Ooh, that's a reference that will never never go away. Uh, yeah, look up. Uh, it's it's one of the war games. I'm sorry, war games matches from like 1990 and uh, Sting straps. Butcher into this electric chair and Chamber of Horrors, something like that, whatever. Oh. But I'm, I was looking at the Butcher and I'm like, I was, uh, oh, Matthew from Botchabania, I think, was talking about this. And it was uh, the lead singer of Every Time I Die, and his name is Andy Williams. Andy Williams! Not that Andy Williams, Nelson Muntz. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he was. He is the, the monocled one, the Butcher. And I'm like, okay, I like this guy. Uh, uh, oh, I lost my uh, I lost my page here, but yeah, it was it was really really cool to see uh, this this new act. It's it's weird. They came out of nowhere. They were really weird. They didn't have much of a reaction. It was like the Dark Order. So I don't know what's going on in the tag team division, but I'm I'm curious. I'm morbidly curious and uh, cautiously optimistic there, but yeah. It was good, you know, Cody got the hot tag, and, you know, Dallas, uh, not Dallas, but it was just outside of Dallas, uh, Garland, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they Yeah, yeah. He, he got the big pop, he did the top rope moonsault, but uh, QT Marshall was holding his own. He did, like, a tumbling plancha moonsault spot during the match, which I've never heard of this guy, and I'm like, oh. Oh, okay, you're impressing the hell out of me. And then he did the crossroads. Uh, almost, uh, he almost nailed it, but he didn't do it near as bad as MJF. <laughs> no, that's M- M- MJF, like, spiked the guy. Like, spiked the guy. But. I'll, tr- I'll trust me, we're, <laughs> we're going to get to that guy, but I'm going to let you finish up your thought before getting into that. Uh, yeah, it was... Intriguing, and I'm like, okay, um, is Awesome Kong the Fiend? I I don't know. We're not quite to that point yet, but we will definitely kind of talk about it when we get to it. Um, next deal that we have here is MJF responding to Cody Rhodes, where he basically, uh, well, actually, one of the first things that he did was that he forced one of the uh, one of his guys to kiss his ring that he won against. Uh, oh gosh, was that? Oh, Adam Hangman Page. That's right. Um, this week, and I thought that was actually kind of a nice touch for his douchery gimmick that he's doing. Uh, you know, he basically addresses the whole deal about Cody calling him like a second break Chris Jericho. He pokes fun at Cody, even talking about his, his list, which I'm just like, ooh, oh, that's that is a major low blow. Um, so to my shock here, uh, MJF, he didn't waste time. He said, said, you want me, Cody? You want? You got me. I accept. Provided we do it on my terms, and I will address these terms, not here in Texas, but in uh, fl- but in Florida. So he basically they basically single out the fact that it will be the first AEW in 2020, to which I'm just like, wow, that's honestly really good planning. I mean, so many. We're looking forward to the next week. That now it's like okay, you have one thing to look forward to in 2020, and it's by one of the biggest heels in professional wrestling today. Very well done. I great promo, and 
And honestly, it makes me look forward to 2020. Why can't the, tomorrow be 2020? Uh, we got to get through Christmas first. I know. And, yeah, and it's, yeah, and the, and the first AEW of 2020 is literally, is literally New Year's Day. Uh, crazy. That's, I'm hoping NXT, like, well, next, Christmas Day, NXT and AEW probably either won't air or do like a a, a best of package here. I'm, okay, I'm just I'm just back onto the page. <laughs> I, I love MJF more and more. I was gonna play his entrance to your hero. I'm like, ah, yeah, nah, and I don't feel like it. But we had, yeah, we just had him r- running his mouth and Wardlow, and there was a. I loved he just got this guy in the ring crew to kiss the, to kiss his ring, and I'm when they had that. Uh, tournament i'm like why the hell are they they're fighting over a stupid ring and mgf's making it work i mean he's 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 basically being like the godfather here it's like oh it's like i'll make you an offer you can't refuse but first you must kiss my ring and then on the day of my daughter's wedding i will grant you this one favor and uh, the whole the Chris Jericho knockoff, and he's like the scarf, and is going on about that. And when I was googling some stuff about MJF, uh, I found a clip of him when he was like five years old on Rosie O'Donnell. Oh jeez, <laughs> look, look it up, folks. It's it's something else. Like the, the comment section is like, wow, he was a prick when he was five. Like holy shit, that's just a kid, man. Uh, we get another Dark Order promo where one of the uh, one of the Beaver boys that competed on AEW Dark, basically the guy was saying like, "You are you tired of being a jobber?" And it's kind of those things where it seems like he's talking directly to him, but then uh, Stu Grayson is basically just doing this deal where he's like, "Oh, we have all these great features here at this hotel," and I'm just like, "Okay, this is this is some classic horror stuff. I kind of dig this, and it's another reason to love Dark Order." Uh, next matchup we have on here is the debuting, well, official debuting, of Big Swole taking on Emi Saku- Sakura, uh, Mr. Fretz. I'll let you take over for this one. All right, yeah, that that hotel, but that, that hotel spot in the Dark Order. I'm just like, this is the opening of Luigi's Mansion one, two, and three. Shit's about to go down, but yeah, Big Big Swole is uh, someone I'm not familiar with. I think she is. Mrs. Cedric Alexander, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I've never heard of her, and I, I've seen little bits and pieces of, of Amy Sakara. Uh, I, I, I drifted in and out of these matches here, so uh, forgive me if I don't <laughs> uh, go through it proper. But we had a really nice heel kick by Swall. Uh, Sakura uh, tried to get control of the match and did a hair whip. Uh, she uh, applied the surfboard, looking for a submission. Uh, Swole fought, fought back and hit this really sick-looking wheelbarrow flatliner move. Uh, Sakura applied a, what is it, a mic stand-assisted abdominal stretch. Okay. Uh, Swole recovered and hit a really nice clothesline. And then she did the dirty dancing, which is like... A, uh, it's, it's 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 like the it's a ripcord lariat, but it's a ripcord um, uh, elbow smash. So it was kind of mm-hmm. like an elbow smash version of the of the Rainmaker. Okay. Uh, really, I was really impressed with Big Swole here. So I want to see uh, I want to see what she can do in the women's division. Very nice. 
Definitely. Uh, the next matchup on here was Hangman Page and Kenny Omega taking on the team of Sean Spears and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford in their corner. Now, there was a nice little interesting promo here where Tully Blanchard is talking about, you know, Sean Spears. He talks about how he wants to create, you know, this new tag team, and he's testing out these new people with Sean Spears, which I thought was kind of a nice deal. Um, some great action here, but the major highlight from this entire matchup, in all honesty, was Penelope Ford. I don't care what anybody says. She was the reason, one of the reasons why this matchup was just absolutely fantastic. Um... I like the fact that she was kind of disrupting, you know, Kenny Omega trying to get some momentum going. She did a deal where she did like a handspring elbow deal to the corner on Ken, on uh, Kenny Omega. That was just that was just awesome. It's one of those things where it's like um, a distraction, yeah. And uh, she's also beating up a former IWGP Heavyweight Champion. This this is amazing. This is pretty amazing. Um, it looked like Kip Sabian was. Going to get a tag to Sean Spears, but then the lights go out, and everybody's just like, oh, what's going on, what's going on? And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, maybe, you know, maybe Pac's going to be doing some deal, because there was a promo that he did before this matchup even took place, I think it was even earlier in the night, um, where he basically just says, like, it's like, I will do whatever it takes to get my rematch against Kenny Omega. So I thought that maybe it was him. Uh, but no, it turned out to be uh, Tully Blanchard. On the ramp, on the rampway, tied up to a chair, and here's crazy Joey Janela, just literally like, "Hey, look who I got! Look who I got!" Sean Spears gets off the apron, rushes up. People were complaining about the fact that, well, Joey Janela, Janela attacked Sean Spears, therefore this matchup should have been over. I think, in all honesty, Sean Spears kind of provoked Joey Janela, so I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like works that way. Which, in all honesty, I'm okay with that. If, if it's one of those things where, you know, the person is provoking it, then they should get, the other person should have the right to, you know, fight back. I mean, duh. I'm, I pulled a James Ellsworth there, but I think that's kind of one of those things where it's apropos at this point. Um, we see Kenny Omega, the trigger to Kip Sabian, and I thought, oh boy, here comes the end. But to my surprise, Hangman Page does a blind tag to Kenny Omega. He hits the book. The buckshot clothesline to uh, Sabian for the three count. And Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, they pick up the victory. In all honesty, this was kind of interesting because you just see the intensity on uh, on, Ken, on, the, uh, on uh, Hangman Page's face. And you just see him literally just being like, yeah, I won that. I won that. And this is kind of one of those things where I'm looking at it thinking, are we getting a Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega match? down the road, you know what, take my money, I want this, I, I really want this, I think it actually makes a lot of sense, with Hangman Page, you see his career kind of doing a small downward spiral since uh, All Out, so I think it's really good to have him get into a major storyline with a major character, and Caddy Omega is that major character, so I'm very interested in seeing what happens with this matchup. Uh, they also didn't announce that Hangman Page and Kenny Omega would be taking on the Lucha Bros next week, so I'm, I'm very interested. I'm very interested in seeing what happens, but we'll get into predictions about that uh, later on in the show. Uh, Mr. Fretz, your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, bro, I, I, didn't, I actually didn't watch this match. Oh, okay. I, I must have uh, been doing something else during this one, but it, it sounds fantastic, and once I heard about... Uh, uh, Tully being strapped to the chair, and I'm like, is he going to put him in a freezer 
<laughs> Don't go to that shit. I know exactly where you're going with this. Uh, but oh, now, good. But, 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 now, but now here is the uh, the Brandy promo that we are talking about with, you know, Awesome Kong and stuff like that. So basically Brandy is talking about how, I mean, she's basically talking about the women of the women's division. She's almost kind of like, quote-unquote, burying people. She's talking about how Rio hasn't really been seen in a long time, even though she's the, you know, the women's world champion. She talks about Britt Baker. A uh, funny thing about this is that she says that, you know, people only talk about her boyfriend, which I was like, um, no, not not really. I mean, when it comes to Britt Baker, I've only known her for a few things when it comes to uh, AEW, and that's her literally being a great wrestler as well as her being a awesome dentist. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about when it comes to those two deals. Um, but she also extends the olive branch to, uh, Chris Statlander, who they tried to recruit for their, uh, their cause, their cause last week, but then failed. Uh, she also brings back, uh, Mel- Melanie Cruz, who is somebody from the Midwest who I've never even seen before, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, she's, and they're waiting for the quote unquote alien to come home or something like that. And then there's this random dude that's there and they're basically trying to keep it a secret like oh sh- not yet it's not who you not time to reveal them yet so it's like uh okay uh but to answer your question about is kong kind of being like the fiend of aew um honestly i'm gonna say no because awesome kong i've known for a few years and she does not have that kind of presence that like the fiend would have, and honestly, she's one of those women that when she was in uh, TNA, she was one of those women that everybody kind of feared. And when she became the Knockouts champion, that was literally a moment where she got legitimized. Uh, I know that over the last few years, she's probably been battling with you know injuries and stuff like that. So maybe she's more becoming an attraction. Kind of, I would see. I would probably compare more to like a Brock Lesnar, not in the sense that she does like only a few moves and then leaves and stuff like that. But she's kind of like the presence when she's there. You know something big is going down. So I think that's where it comes from. With uh, That's my thoughts on Awesome Kong, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I, I get it here. And uh, I'm intrigued to see, to see where this goes. It's weird, but maybe it leads to Awesome Kong winning the women's title, which I'm totally okay with. No, I agree. I'm totally for that, too. Uh, next matchup, we have Luchasaurus taking on Sammy Guevara, the Spanish god, in his own right. Uh, but what's funny about this is that Excalibur and Tony Schiavone, they got thrown out of the commentary deal, and they were replaced by Chris Jericho and Jake Hager, in which yes. in which Chris Jericho literally was saying that, you know, oh, Excalibur said this thing about me, well, I'm going to show him, basically. And what's funny about this entire thing is that it's JR, Chris Jericho, and that's basically it. Because Jake Hager, yeah, he's there. He's got them headset on. Doesn't even say that much of anything. He just, he's just quiet. It's just so funny hearing them on commentary, just literally having Jericho and JR just going back and forth. And all Jake Hager's doing, he's getting paid to just sit there, look menacing, and just... Don't even say a word half the time. I dig it. I totally dig it. Um, 
this matchup here was very more one-sided, where Luchasaurus definitely showed off his flexibility. My God, is this guy just flexible for a man his size? I mean, I saw the picture. I look at the picture of me and him, and I'm literally like, dude, I wish I could have that flexibility, but I need to do some DDP yoga for that. Um, but, yeah, this is kind of a very fast-paced matchup. Uh, Luchasaurus hit this, like, tombstone flapjack deal on Sammy Guevara for the victory. And after the matchup, we see Jericho and Hager. They go crazy. Uh, we see Dustin come in. He beats down on Jake Hager. He's doing like a back and forth between those two. So maybe it's talking about a feud or something like that within the future. Who knows? Um, but out comes Jungle Boy, who does like the Hurricane Rana deal and quote-unquote pins Chris Jericho for the reason why. Because they are going to have a non-title matchup in the future, which we will talk about. Uh, in just a bit. Yeah, this was a very fast-paced deal, but it also kind of continued the story between Jungle Boy and Jericho. This was good. Um, did you get a chance to see this kind of quick this quick matchup, though? I actually, yeah, I actually did, because I'm, I'm a big Luchasaurus fan now. I'm, it's, he's, he's so interesting, and, like, and I love that, like, when he cut his promo last week, he started out like, I'm like, no, Dude, I listened to you on Talkers Jericho. You're well spoken. You're brilliant. You're not gonna be the zombie on ECW. It's like, it's like, yeah, whatever, man. You think I'm gonna sound like that? No. And then he goes on about dinosaurs have been marginalized for 65 million years. Uh, he, he's brilliant, and I love that. To that tombstone flapjack move. I think he calls it the mass extinction. But uh, Sammy Guevara just sold this like death, and then. Jericho and Hager were just like, you know, oh, we gotta get out of there now and go help Sammy and Jungle Boy or freaking JR. Jungle Jack! Jungle Jack! Like, yeah. it's, he, he's Jack Perry, but he's Jungle Boy. What, my goodness, JR is terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, I, and I love the whole sneaky unofficial official pinfall and once I heard they were going to have this match I'm like if they do the Chris Jericho Triple H from Raw in 2000 where Jericho won in parentheses the world title because Earl Hebner did a fast count oh Earl Hebner works for AEW oh oh no, no they're not going to go there they, they're not going to go there they want to be different from the competition don't they um it would, it would be so funny if they did that with Jungle Boy and Jericho, though. I, I would laugh so hard. And I'm I'm curious, because I haven't seen too much of Jungle Boy wrestle, like, um, individually, uh, singly, whatever. But I think him and Jericho put on a good match. Jericho's gonna... I think Jericho's gonna put him over. I'm not, not put him over, like, to win, but he'll... He'll shine him up real nice because I think Jericho was friends with Luke Perry, so why not? No, I definitely do agree with you. And in all honesty, Jericho has been that guy to really breed the next generation. I mean, you look at his match with you know Adam uh, Hangman Page with Darby Allen with Scorpio Sky uh, with Cody. He's definitely one of those guys who knows the business well enough to know how to make somebody look good without making them look bad. So. I'm very interested in seeing how they how they do this. And I think this could be Jungle Boy's coming out party here. Um, we finally get to the main event, which is a Texas street fight. 
between the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz. My God, this was very physical, and this was very well done. I mean, they, they literally started off on the rampway through one of the Young Bucks. They just throw somebody off the stage. We see the Young Bucks try and take advantage. It seemed like they were going to get the early victory, but no. We see Young Bucks taking an early lead, but then uh, Santana and Ortiz, they get an advantage. They do that whole deal with the socks and the baseball gloves deal. God, is that just an absolutely brutal deal. Um, we see literally everything just getting thrown at each other. Even the kitchen sink. Even a bathtub at this point. They are literally trying to kill each other. Um, there came a very close point where um, where, where it se- seemed like uh, where, where it seemed like the young bucks were going to pick up victory, but then they got the referee got pulled out. Gets clop. Gets no. Actually, no. He didn't get quite clobbered yet. Um, well, actually, he got clobbered by, uh, by. Oh gosh, who? By who was it? Who was it? Uh, yeah, no. This is where, where he got where he got clobbered by uh, one of the young bucks accidentally, and then we had uh, Audrey come in to referee the mess of this matchup. There came a point where they were going to do that uh, powerbomb uh, blockbuster deal on one of the Young Bucks, and literally I was thinking to myself, oh, Lord, help us, that is going to suck. But nope, they decide to have the Young Bucks get the the very beautiful uh, spot taken on to by Ortiz, by, I think it was uh, Santana. They hit the super kicks, they hit their mouse driver, one, two, three. The Young Bucks pick up the victory, and with that victory, they will challenge SCU for the World Tag Team titles next week. Oh boy, is this next show going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be very, very... Well, I am, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but your thoughts on the Texas Street fight? I, I loved it. It was just nothing but car crash and spot after spot, including uh, Matt Jackson came in the ring with a Dallas Cowboys helmet and did a spear on oh, LAX. Right. And, and then LAX grabbed the helmet, poof, spits on the logo. Uh, I would too. Go Chiefs. Um, just Ooh. getting the abs- I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, at least I didn't say go Vikings because I believe they're the top rivals of uh, of the Packers. So, Point yeah, Ch- Chiefs, Chiefs for me, man, uh, even though I don't watch a lot of football. Uh, and then spinning on the logo because they all they're like, oh, Jar's like, oh, my God, they're Giants fans uh, because <laughs> New York. Uh, That's true. Yeah, it, because of that, but it, it was it, it was really funny. It's local sports team heat. It's it's easy and it's and it's fun. Uh, Meltzer driver onto a chair and just uh, yeah, uh, young bucks are winning the titles. Well, I mean, let's get right into those predictions. I mean, SCU versus young bucks. You've got young bucks. I think SCU is going to be holding on to those titles for just a bit longer. I do not see young bucks picking up the victory here, but at the same time, we just we just don't know. I mean, AEW is a lot more unpredictable, but I think that they want to really build up the Young Bucks a bit more, and maybe even build up SCU's title run a bit more to make the title more prestigious. But, I mean, we'll wait and see. I loved the confrontation at the end of the show. It was great. And it's just going to be an awesome deal. Uh, next matchup here is Chris Jericho versus Jungle Boy in a non-title matchup with a 10-minute time limit because Jericho says that Jungle Boy could not last 10 minutes in the ring with him. In all honesty, I do see Jungle Boy at lasting 10 minutes 
I see him, I think he could possibly upset Chris Jericho. This is going to be like the, was it the Sami Zayn Braun Strowman deal with the 10 minutes? Yeah, I think it was uh, that. I think it's going to go exactly like that, and there's going to be a, one of two things is going to happen. Like, Jungle Boy is going to upset him, I think, quickly. Or uh, Chris, or they'll do a spot where uh, Jungle Boy hits some wacky move with very little... Well, Chris Jericho will hit the... Not the Code Breaker, the, the Judas Effect, and will barely get to the 10 minutes. Like, mm. like to the T... The one, two, three, bang, time's up. It could possibly happen. Uh, next up, we have Hangman Page and Kenny Omega taking on the Lucha Bros. Mr. Fretz, who have you got for this matchup? Mm, hard to say. It's a, it's a coin flip. I'm just going to say Lucha Bros. All right. I think I'm going to go with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Not that I dislike the Lucha Bros. I've been singing praises about Pentagon and Ray Phoenix for years. But I do think that they're trying to build up the Kenny Omega Hangman Page deal quite a bit. And, you know, I could be wrong. They could possibly do like a losing deal here. But I think that they're going to try and build up the momentum. Hangman Page is going to let that, let his ego inflate. And that's going to end up being just a horrible situation where uh, Hangman eventually turns on Omega. Uh, final matchup for the uh, AW Dynamite before Christmas is a number one contenders match for the Women's World Championship as Britt Baker takes on the newcomer, Chris Statlander. Fantasy booking here. Chris Statlander is going to pick up the victory here. That's my locked prediction for that. But I also see that Britt Baker is slowly going to have this different kind of drastic uh, character change. I don't think she's going to go full-fledged heel, at least not yet. I see her more going a different kind of more edgy deal where she's going to be more looking out for herself more than for uh, more than for others, and honestly, for those that think that she's desperate to get out of her contract with AEW, I do not see that. She has been promoted very well in AEW, and she's been treated very well in AEW. I do not see Britt Baker leaving anytime soon. And is it is it probably the fact that you know she wants to be with her boyfriend Adam Cole? I get it, but there's nothing that's going to stop them from being together other than the fact they work in different companies. And there's been other people that have worked in different companies, and they worked out pretty well. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Sean Spears and Peyton Royce are still a thing. So, shut up to all you whiners. Anyway, uh, Mr. Fretz, who have your thoughts on winning this matchup? Who's facing Rio? Britt Baker, baby! Ooh. That's a very strong prediction. And the fact that you did the baby definitely, <laughs> probably... Definitely does kind of solidify that. All right, guys, we're going to take one final commercial break, and we come back. It's part two of the gamies, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, this is Nate the Up and Great. Hey, have you ever wanted to be a champion but can't seem to really find the money and the time to get a championship belt? Well, you know who's a really good friend of mine? AJ from AJsBelts.com. These guys have a large assortment of championship belts, from classic belts to the modern day belts to championship belts that you would not even believe. And guys, like I said, they work with you very well. With an awesome layaway program, there is no way that you can beat these guys' prices as well And these guys' deals, especially when you can give them a little bit of money every now and then until you can get 
that championship gold. Coming from a guy who's a champion and a game changer, I'm Dean Nate the Effing Great, and I'm representing AJsBelts.com, proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. What's up, everyone? This is yo. This is the founder of the King's Wings podcast, Will Tarasch, T's and Thomas, A R A S H U K, and you're listening to the Game Changer podcast right here on Wrestlegged Radio. You know what's really weird? I think that Will is like the only guy in this entire Wrestlegged Radio family that spells out his entire last name. I mean, I mean, spot on him for at least having something original. But at the same time, it's like, dude, just. Show, just show me Twitter handle and that's it. <laughs> but I gotta give Will grief, even though he provided me with a very fabulous place to stay at WrestleMania weekend. Will, love you, dude. I definitely do appreciate it. Uh, as far as far as ne- next time WrestleMania comes to New York, I probably will have to start looking for a place to stay. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe I could shack up with Dusty Dave. Dusty Dave. Indie Dave. Shout out to Dusty Dave. Now we're getting into Airbnb because I'm coming. Oh, uh, fair enough. Um, so guys, like I said, we are doing the gamies and we're going to be doing, uh, six of these for this week. And then we're going to wrap it up for next, next week with the final five. Uh, for this week, we got a couple of the worst of the year, but also some predictions as well as some highlights throughout this year. So let's actually go right into it. Starting off with one of the worst of this year, starting off with the worst wrestler of 2019 and for some people they might say orange cassidy i say f you uh there were two people in my opinion that definitely had a worse year than orange cassidy um i couldn't even narrow it down if i had to narrow it down to one it would be uh, this individual but the runner up for this one would be uh booby lashley bobby lashley or bob lashley as roman reigns likes to put it uh, you look at his career since he came back. He's done absolutely nothing, and this year was another one where his it just started nosediving. Uh, yes, he had an intercontinental title run. He had two of them, but they were so forgettable. And this whole deal with Leo Rush did not help his career out at all. Uh, they did this whole deal now. They got this deal with him and Lana and Rusev, which is stupid. Makes no sense. But worst wrestler by far this year was the self-proclaimed best. In the world, Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac is my pick for worst wrestler of this year. Hated the gimmick. He sucked in the ring, and there were plenty of times where he was botching. So, uh, yeah, no, no, that's that's my final thoughts on that. Shane McMahon really sucked this year. Oh, man, that, that's a guy I would absolutely pick. Uh, if this was a multiple-choice question... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's got to be either one of Lashley or Shane. I mean, yeah, Lashley had a, I don't want to say high profile, but a big feud with Finn Balor of the Intercontinental title. It was, well, it was second to last at WrestleMania, but there was like second to last in a nine-hour show. Uh, by, the, by then, I can I can probably speak for you, but I'm, I'm in my... I'm in my friggin' recliner watching it, and I'm half drunk. I'm like, will this show ever? (laughs) Uh, And then Lashley got saddled. He was injured for a bit. So I don't think it'd be very fair to pick him, although I will, would. But no, man, I'm with you. It's uh, Shane, but I can also put The Miz up there just because he got saddled in with his Shane bullcrap. Shane, though, no. That's right. I mean... 
Miz and Misses definitely make him relevant, but at the same time, it didn't help his wrestling ability. Damn it. I'm sad. Uh, next matchup, he, next deal here is the worst contest of this year. Now, when I say contest, of course, talk about worst matchup of the year, and it could be anywhere. Shockingly enough, it's another uh, WWE-related one, and people should not be surprised. Super Showdown 2019 had the worst thing ever, and that was Goldberg versus The Undertaker. So bad that these guys had to come back for one more match just to not have that street, that, 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 oh God, what, 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 what do we want to call it? That, that stain on their career? Yeah, no, that's, that's the best way of putting it. Taker hasn't come back for that last match yet. Or he, did he? Well, he had the like tag match with uh, Roman and Drew and Shane, if I remember correctly. Was that after that? Yeah, that was after that. What? That wasn't SummerSlam. That was... That was Extreme Tools. I mean, Extreme Rules. I totally forgot that happened. I know. Um, <laughs> and I remember... But I'm, now if I'm remembering it, it's like, it was actually good. Um... Yeah, I would have. No, no, it's Goldberg Taker. It, it's, it's that it was, Mance. Uh, I love you for doing this, bro. But like, your one of your most recent gift of podcasts. He he live watched it and streamed it. Uh, you brave soul. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, next up, we have the breakout star of 2019. Who was the star? That really kind of just had a shining deal from this year. Uh, I broke it down to two. I'll give you my runner-up first. That being uh, uh, Mansoor, who was having two great, actually three matches this year. He was involved in that Battle Royal at Super Showdown, which is probably one of the highlights of that show. Had a great showcase with Cesaro. And then he had a match on NXT, I want to say about a week or two ago. Um, But yeah, he definitely was a shining example. But... If I had to go for a full-out breakout star of this year, we have to bask in his glory. That being Keith Mother Effin Lee. And all, uh, we have, all, all we have to say is Survivor Series weekend, and that's all the proof I need. Absolutely, he would be one of my he would be one of my picks, but I'd be remiss if I did not pick. constant 
crapping on the crowd and his and, and and his heat getting ability. He's he's so darn good at it. And I think twenty twenty will be a big big year for Maxwell Jacob Friedman. No denying that. No argument for me. Up next, we have the best promo of this year. Who definitely cut some of the best mic work come 2019? Uh, Runner-up for this one was Cody Rhodes' promo on November 4th when he was talking about his match with Chris Jericho. I thought that was very well done. But the one matchup, the one promo that stood out the most, though, was actually one that happened a week prior, and that was the John Moxley promo from October 30th where he talks about that unsanctioned matchup between him and... And Kenny Omega, where he talks about how it's going to be unsanctioned, it's going to be stricken from the record books. But he definitely showcased the fact that he was going to make it something worth their while. And obviously, it's one of the most talked about matches in AEW right now. So much so that it's getting news reports, not in the best way, but it's one of those things where it definitely showcases uh, John Moxley at his best and probably at his most pissed off, where he basically just talks about how people are you know, have been, you know, seeing him in a different limelight, especially coming to AEW, and definitely how it was compared to WWE. So, definitely had to go with the Moxley promo. Oh, I, I can't say a, a specific promo, but I would just have to say the man who has been, in my mind, just top of the line on the mic this year is Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. From his heel run as the new Daniel Bryan to, like, always, like, giving out about um, consuming meat and all that. Like, do you remember that Royal Rumble burger that had, it was this, it was at the Rumble earlier this year, and then Brian cuts a promo about it and, like, smoshes it, because he's like, how many innocent cows were killed for this? And it was this amazing-looking burger with, like, fried mac and cheese and all this stuff. It was like that, uh, the good morning burger. It just has everything in it, and then Daniel just smushes it down, like, you dick, I would have ate that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that. I can't, as I said, I can't, I can't point out a specific promo, other than, like, Cody's, that, that one from Cody, I loved, I loved that one, but I really liked his, uh, one with Dustin a lot better. Oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, I was also, I would have also put the one where he, uh, where he, where he was talking down to Chris Jericho in the inner circle. That was a one that I would have put there, too. But the one that he had that was building up to the full gear match definitely was one where it's like, yep, that's that's Cody. That's really good. Uh, next up, we have the returning star of this year, who definitely maybe brought in some shock value, who brought in some awes, who brought in the eyes, who definitely was somebody that you were not expecting to make a comeback, but definitely were either, you know, happy to see or just somebody that you just absolutely were not expecting to see at all uh de- personally i had to bump this one down to number two because the number one was an obvious one uh number two for me was batista making his comeback to monday night raw where he literally just sounds like he's beating up rick flair he drags him out and just that whole deal where he just goes goes hey hunter do i have your attention oh <gasps> And just that deal where he's just straight-faced, but he also had that smirk in his face, just where he's like, yeah, you're not going to deny me now, aren't you, boy? Uh, that was just great. Uh, but the number one for me for this year was one that uh, 
A, wasn't expecting to come back this soon, but at the same time when he did come back, it was one of those things where I was just super, supremely happy to see that. And that was the return of the big dog, Roman Reigns. He announced uh, late last year that he was battling with leukemia for the second time in his life. We didn't know when he was coming back. We didn't know what the time frame was going to be from his, you know, from his recovery when this was all going to come down. But one fateful day this year, he came back out and he announced that he was in remission, which was one of the best news that we could have when he came to the big dog. So it was hard for me to choose against Roman Reigns. It's very great to see him back again and just he's healthy again. He's doing what he loves in all honesty. He's definitely in a better place than what he was years ago. Totally. If Roman Reigns is my pick too, like I, 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 I actually forgot. Like, wait, it was this year? Wow, twenty nineteen was long. But my other choice. Obviously, is Bray Wyatt. I mean, had it not had it not been for Rome for for Roman Bray Wyatt, I mean, he comes back, he completely reinvents himself, and when we first saw him, it was just this Mister Rogers ass, hi, and nothing else, and then everyone turns off the TV, like, what the hell was that? And I, I loved it from the start. I'm just like, no, he's thick and twisted. This is going to be cool. I knew it would be so good. But, yeah, i got to go with the big dog. I mean, coming back from cancer is not easy. I mean, I've seen how much a toll it took on my father. And uh, and he's kicked and he's kicked cancer's ass. So, it's, oh, man, it was so good to see him back. And, you know, before the whole thing happened, I, I was one of those... You know those classic Roman haters, you know, and, I, and I've said this before that uh, Aunt Stefano, Mister Rant Father himself, he kind of helped me become a big Roman Reigns fan. Like I marked the frig out when Roman won the title at SummerSlam, and then just seeing Aunt so elated, he was just like that big dog is champion, just flipping out in the street, like melted my heart, and it shattered my heart in a million pieces when he announced his. Uh, leukemia, but you know, knock, knock on wood, everything's going going well for him now. And you know, he had a good. I thought he had a good program with Drew, and I like right now where he is. I I like where he is right now. He's um, I mean, he's getting all the pops. The WWE universe loves him. He's not you know, getting booed out of the building all the time. Although there were some boo birds out at WrestleMania, it, it happens and. The, the whole program he's doing with uh, Baron Corbin right now is dog food thing is I had to laugh about it because I'm like you're just doing Ken Shamrock versus the British Bulldog yeah, Braun and uh, Braun uh, oh, well, no not Braun <clears throat> Roman and Bray Whew, that's oh boy that, that's going to be interesting to see how people react to that. But at the same time, I think it's going to be a very... It's going to be a match that people are going to look forward to. I can definitely see that. All right, so we are going to finish off this edition of the Gamies 
with the contest of the year, or quote-unquote matchup of the year, out of all the matches that took place this year, the question was, what stood out as the absolute best in our opinions? Now, I do have a runner-up for this, but I think it might be your favorite for this one, so I'm not even going to mention it, because I am actually curious now. But as far as the best matchup of this year went, it was hard for me to choose against this one because I thought it was very well done. I was there live to see it, so it definitely was one of those matches I absolutely was just, just absolutely just smiled at the final result. Uh, it took place at NXT TakeOver New York, and it was the main event, the NXT Championship 2 out of 3 falls match between Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. This matchup had everything that you could possibly want. It had the thrills. It had people on their seats. You had so much going into it. And in honesty, I would have much rather had Adam Cole pick up the victory here. But at the same time, having that moment where Johnny Gargano is fighting the odds and he's doing everything he can to show that he deserved to be the big man on campus and to show that he was the right guy to hold that championship... Just the final moment, the final time he has the Gargano locked it, the Gargano hold locked in, and he is just wrenching on Adam Cole, and we're just waiting and waiting until finally he makes he makes Adam Cole tap out, and just that moment of Adam Cole of Mister Johnny Gargano holding that championship, the emotions coming out of his face, his wife coming in and just <laughs> literally just smothering him for rightful reasons, and that final moment where we just see. The end of the show, Tommaso Ciampa coming out, all three of them just hug each other, and we just see that moment. It was just an absolutely great moment. It was a great matchup. Everything was working to a T with that. It was hard for me to pick against that. I loved it. So definitely Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Bebe, at NXT TakeOver New York. Close, but it's not my pick. I had a feeling. <laughs> My pick is NXT. Really? However, it took place across the pond. Walter versus Tyler Bate. Wow. I, my God. I mean, these guys went 40-something minutes nonstop, just spot after spot, and Walter kept hitting finish after finish, and Tyler Bate kept getting back up, and... In a tired and groggy state. I mean, Tyler Bate even did the airplane. He did the airplane spin for a long, long time. Like, long after the crowd could keep could keep counting. I want to watch this match again. It was just so... The, the, I think it's one of the best out of both of their careers. And, and, and we remember how good uh, his series of matches with uh, Pete Dunn were. Uh, for a while, my match, my match of the year would have been uh, Dustin versus Cody. That's what and I thought. When I, saw, when I saw that one, I'm like, nope, it takes the cake. Yeah, I, I definitely do want to talk about Dustin versus Cody because this was a matchup that was done right after it was done wrong in WWE because we only had their matchup one time at that Fastlane event, and that was where Cody was still Stardust. But having that match at Double or Nothing where we see Cody, you know, he comes out, and then we also see Dustin come out with the new 
face paint where he's doing like, you know, half face paint and half just his regular face. Just seeing him definitely dive into something different. We just see everything everything that they did, just laying it all on the line. And all the blood that that Dustin put into this matchup definitely showcases the amount of passion that they have for this business. I mean, crossroad after crossroad and a final cut. Literally, these guys were just killing each other. And just after the bell was sounded, it seemed like that was it for Dustin. And we were thinking his career is done. He's done everything he could, and I think that his father would be damn proud. But then afterwards, we see Cody getting on the mic. He says that you know he's got a matchup against the against the Young Bucks at another show. And that he doesn't want a tag team partner. He doesn't want any anybody. He only wants his brother. And just that moment where they just share that embrace. That mm, that just tugs on the heartstrings. It's just so good. So that that was my runner-up, and honestly, I might just have to watch Walter versus Tyler Bray after we get the show done. Do it, man. You you won't regret it. Uh, I mean, it's still not going to change my mind, but at the same time, if it's another matchup that's worth watching, I definitely need to watch it. But, all right, guys, that has been this edition of the Game Changer Podcast, part two of the Gamies. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the review of everything that happened this week. Uh Got to mention this again. Follow us on Twitter, Attic underscore Wrestle. You can check out us at the Game Changer Podcast, the Kings of the Ring, the Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, uh, Gift of Podcast until the end of the year, and definitely check out DFC, DC, Jeff Amacho. Definitely worth watching and definitely worth listening to see what his projects are going to be going into 2020. Uh, the Legendary JF for Mr. Fretz. At Real FN Game for me, you can check us out on so many podcasting formats. And I think, in all honesty, this is where it's going to get interesting because I think that with us doing all these crazy, you know, mu- you know, music deals and stuff like that, more people might reach out to us. So definitely check us out on so many different podcasting formats. And we will talk to you guys in the next episode because the year is just about over, but there's still quite a bit to do before the end of 2019. So for Mr. Fretz, I have been Nate the Effing Great. This has been the Game Changer Podcast, a part of Wrestle Attic Radio. We are definitely here to keep wrestling real, one day at a time. But we're also here to change the game. So guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Damn it. Oh, look. So-and-so is coming over to quote-unquote chill. Maybe you should eat street dinner. Because why cook when there could be far more important matters afoot? Eat Street's got your back, and your sushi rolls, dim sum, and mushu pork. Delivered to your door, so all you need to do is dim the lights, dip the dumplings, and stay focused on whatever it is that you're doing after dinner. Hungry? Happy? Eat Street. Oh, look, so-and-so is coming over to quote-unquote chill. Maybe you should eat street dinner. Because why cook when there could be far more important matters afoot? Eat Street's got your back. And your sushi rolls, dim sum, and mushu pork. Delivered to your door. So all you need to do is dim the lights, dip the dumplings, and stay focused on whatever it is that you're doing after dinner. Hungry? Happy? Eat Street.